But I'm not ready. I don't care. Why did you what? hit start? Because I said it's time to go. I'm tired. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is quality podcasting. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. Tony. <laughs> Welcome back to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Tony's first podcast. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns selecting from our genres movies that, in our opinions, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these one films on anyone's top ten list, but, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. This week on the podcast. podcast. <laughs> it's a lion speak. Due to some issues, this is going up a week late. We're very I was sick. sorry, people. Yep, Tony was it sick. It happens. Tony had the I get the sick cry. now. I'm old. Mm. Hate being old. Not into it. So please forgive us for not posting last week, but we are going to make it up to you by an extra special episode next week. Are, are we? we? <laughs> I don't know. He I guess we'll find out at the end of the episode when he tells us what he picked. This <laughs> might be extra special because... Hold on, I gotta see what I was gonna put. <laughs> <laughs> you made a promise just now. This could be special because aren't you excited? I picked Congo from 1995. Gorillas oh. and Volcano. Oh, yes. This next week is an extra special episode. Well, how about this All week? Right. This week is extra special because it is Congo from 1995. Yeah, that movie sucks. What? <laughs> this movie has a 20%. A thermometer with a 29 audience score mm. and a 22 Metacritic with a 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Woo. So 8% it, more than Jack It had Frost. a budget of $50 million and it grossed $81 million in the U.S. and its worldwide gross was $152 million. People thought this movie was very bad because there were no actual gorillas in it. It was all people in suits. Okay. Those are people in suits I couldn't tell. But I don't understand why it bothered them. Because, because out-of-work gorillas want work, too. <laughs> we know the gorillas didn't get to work. They took our jobs. This movie was directed by Frank Marshall, who Penny's also dead. directed Arachnophobia, is which is dead? a movie that I so, is equally wonderful husband? and terrifying. I think it was her husband. Was it her husband? I think it's her husband. Oh, okay. Whose husband? Penny, Penny Marshall. Marshall. Is her husband Frank or Marshall? her dad? No, her dad is Gary Marshall. Oh, so it's her husband then. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, cool. Shlamino. Uh, but Shlamazza. Frank Marshall also directed Arachnophobia Alive and... I'm sorry, what? Alive. Is that another one? Or? Alive is a movie about the Ecuadorian soccer team that crashed in the Alps and had to eat each other. Ah, uh, I don't think I've seen that one. Ecuadorian? I know Was the story. Ecuador? I think it's Ecuador. Um, and then Eight Below, the a fun dog slutty movie starring Paul Walker. Oh. <laughs> Um, this is, uh, written, the genre changed. this is based on a novel by Michael Crichton, which I've never read. Okay. Of it all Crichton. The, it's Crichton. It's okay. Michael Crichton. I don't care. <laughs> Crichton. I've only, ever read, I've only ever read, I've only ever, <laughs> I've only ever read two of his books. I read Jurassic Park and I read Lost World. I didn't read anything else he's ever written. I read other stuff. Either. And I have seen this. Jurassic, all the Jurassic Parks, obviously, and I saw Spear, and that was also terrible. Okay. So, um... Looks not bad. But the screenplay was written by John Patrick Shanley, and he has a very weird IMDb. <laughs> he has written, uh, Moonstruck. Good movie. The January Man. What? Uh, it was a weird movie. I thought maybe you'd heard Kevin, of it. Kevin Klein or mm-hmm. Costner? No, it's Kevin, Kevin Klein. Klein. No, Kevin Costner's cool. It's Kevin Klein. He's like a 
Detective. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Um, Joe versus the volcano. Good movie. <laughs> Doubt. Doubt. Mrs. Doubtfire. No, the movie Doubt, which is like one of those. Uh, it's like a super period drama, and then. The cartoon movie Alive We're Back a Dinosaur Story. <laughs> which I wrote down because I loved that book and that movie. Tony likes dinosaurs. Well Tony does like I've dinosaurs. I've been known to dabble. Um <laughs> Gotta stay out of the sun today. I explained that Tony was a vampire to people. It was weird. This movie stars Laura Linney as Dr. Karen Ross. Welcome back to the podcast. From Love Actually. Mm-hmm. I went through her IMDb. Is that it? She's the only oh. thing we've ever done before. Uh, the only other thing that she's been in that was of interest is the Truman Show. Like, she's done a lot of movies, but they're not really things I've seen. She was in Man of the Year with Robin Williams. Ozark, didn't she? Yeah, but that movie is in Ozark, but that's not a movie. Well, so. I mean, that's her big thing. Then we have um, Dylan Walsh plays Dr. Peter Elliott. And he is a regular on all kinds of TV. He has so many different one episodes here, one episode there. I knew him from But he's house. also in The Lake House. Which is a strange movie of starring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock about a magical lake house. Is <laughs> that a magical mm-hmm. lake house? I've never seen it. It's a weird it's, movie. It's a very kind of sad romance, lots of angst. It's actually very good. I might pick it because that lake house could be magical. It's in your genre. Um, it is, isn't it? Is it like time traveling yeah. or there's mm-hmm. something weird? And then he's also <laughs> in the movie Lover Boy. Which Elaine said she was doing a year ago, and I bought I it, know. and it's still in plastic. And I'm going to do Can't Buy Me Love. I'm we already have that though. one. Then we have. When you do Lover Boy. I'll do Can't Buy Me Love. Captain. And then I'll and do then Mobsters, have, and we'll have an entire Patrick Dempsey month. Okay. That sounds great. You got a Patrick Dempsey this movie. This also stars the great Ernie Hudson as Captain Monroe Kelly. Goddamn right, he's amazing in this. From uh, he has 254 IMDb. Welcome back from friends. the crow. Welcome back from the crow. He was also in Ghostbusters, of course. And Ghostbusters too. Of course. And he, Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife. Of course. And Ghostbusters, the cartoon. And Ghostbusters, that reboot that they did with ladies that didn't do good. He was in that, too. That's true. Um, he we was also in the movie Airheads. And in the delightful the comedy, movie? Miss Congeniality. Oh, really? I remember that with mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I just don't remember. I do believe he was. Doing. He might have been the boss. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Might. I'll He's take your word for it, because I don't want to watch Grace that and Frankie. Then we have... Um, <laughs> Then we have Tim Curry playing Herkimer Homolka. Welcome back. Welcome back from Charlie's Angels. Shadow. And The Shadow. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, The Three Musketeers that we haven't done yet. That's John's favorite Three Musketeers movie. It's a great movie. He was also in Muppet Treasure Island. Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. Rock and Picture Show. Oscar, The Hunt for Red October. Clue, Legend, and The Rocky Horror Picture Show. He was a sexy transvestite. Yes. The transsexual from Transylvania. I don't think that's a movie we're going to do on the podcast, though. Like our picture show? Yeah, I don't think any of us are going to pick that. <sighs> I doubt it. I keep you wanting to, to do Legend every year for her birthday. Because you would have to watch forgetting. it without the show, and I've never done well, that. Well, <laughs> here's the problem. We'll do the time warp again. Here's the problem with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. When you're actually watching that movie at home, there are parts you want to skip, and we would not be able to do that to do a podcast about it. They I've do. only ever seen it with the show, so. Yeah, well, I... Well, my favorite character is Meatloaf. Okay, we know that. And then we have <laughs> Grant Heslov as Richard, who, uh, welcome back to the podcast from Dante's Peak, He was and The Birdcage. He was also in License to Drive, The Scorpion King, The Monuments Men, which is a drama that I liked, but John thought sucked ass, about 
men who tried to rescue art during World War II before so the Nazis could um, destroy it. it or steal it. Okay. Uh, this movie, really stealing shit. He was also in this movie Leatherheads, which is kind of a delightful kind of sports it's a, comedy. It's a period piece from... Um, with George Clooney and Renee Zell- Zellweger. That's a great movie. And then also, he was in The Journey of Natty Gann, which I don't know if anybody else has ever heard of, but I remember that as a child. <laughs> so I wrote it down. Audra, do you Carly? remember the journey of Natty Gann? No, never heard of it. All right, then we have Joe Don Baker as R.B. Travis. He was in Tomorrow Never Dies and Goldeneye. Mitchell. He was in Mars Attacks, Reality Fletch. Bites, Cape Fear. Yeah, Fletch, The Natural. He was, and he was in three episodes of Lancer and one episode of FBI, <laughs> <laughs> which seemed podcast relevant. Is this Rick Dalton? No, it's uh, Joe Don Baker. That sounds like Rick Dalton to me. Then we have... Rick Dalton must kill uh, one of the Manson family in his pool with a flamethrower. Hey, about that, Tony? I heard. There are some famous people that are kind of background characters. Yeah. We have Bruce Campbell as Charles. Mm-hmm. We have Joey Pantaloni. Joey Pants. Joey Pants as Eddie Ventro. And then... In one of the scenes where Dr. Peter is giving the presentation about Amy, one of the other people is Mary Ellen Trainer, who is a welcome back to the podcast from, from Die Hard, Executive Decision, Freaky Friday, Scrooged, Lethal Weapon, The Monster Squad, Death Becomes Her. Jesus. And also future podcast episodes, Romancing the Stone and Cuffs. <laughs> also, Cuffs, Delroy Lindo. Is oh, yes. I... Because I, I wrote Tony down. Was like Delroy Lindo's in this movie, uh, yes. and they didn't fucking use him. <laughs> well, I wrote yes, because I wrote that down oh. where he appears, and I said, "Who the fuck is that?" Oh my god, it's Delroy Lindo. <laughs> well, I didn't write that in the beginning because it was kind of going to be a surprise reveal later on. Thanks. Well, for I news. said, why is everybody that's good in this movie a secondary character? It's like they switched the roles of everyone. You, you have a movie with Joey Pants, Bruce Campbell, Ernie Hudson, and Delroy Lindo. Ernie Hudson is not a secondary That's character. I, I would argue he is yeah. the star of this movie. Uh, he no, is one of the three people that... One of the boring that, girls. One of the boring girl guy is the star yes, of the movie. No, Peter is not the star of this movie. Um, it's his monkey. Amy. But Amy. he... But Ernie Hudson lives. He's the only one of the expedition people that live. He saves them. Hey, he is wait. a main character. He's right. not a tertiary... He's not a side character. Still. Can we get to that later? Because spoilers... No. Right. Well, somebody had to live to tell the tale. Okay. What do you think going in, Carly? So I guess you go I down. had never heard of it. That's you not never heard shock. of Congo? No, never I heard of never it? Never heard of it. What, when did it come out? 95? When uh, I was in fifth grade. It, it, you were it not is, in fifth grade. In 95, yes, I was. Oh. <laughs> there was like this big rush of monkey movies that came out in the 90s. And, and it was... is during that time frame when my mom took us to the movies so she and Barbara could go out to lunch. But that... I don't remember this one. And this is a nice little family romp about monkeys. Okay, John, what did you think? I thought, ooh, Congo. That's a movie. Hmm. We'll see if you still feel that way at the end. Tony, what did you think? I was like, I think I saw this in 19, when it came out. Did you? Do you remember? I don't it? remember. I remember watching it. I remember parts of it. So I don't, I don't know if it. I had seen it in a the theater or if it just had come on HBO or something. Interesting. It was did on you when work you were at the theater chair. when it came out? No. This was, was 1995. I don't know when you worked in the It was 2000. Oh, okay. 2003, maybe. Okay. Well, Toolbox. What'd you call me? Says, why do bad things happen to good books? 
<laughs> yeah, apparently now, the book is really good. Now, it's probably just a testament to Michael Crichton's in-depth writing Crichton. style that his books translate poorly to film, but this one was just pathetic. Lost World and Sphere were bad. This was painful. One out of ten stars. Well, while he is one of my favorite writers, it's roughly, he does, his endings are almost always bad. Mm-hmm. He, I don't think I've ever read a book of his, and I was like, man, that was a good ending. It's always a really good build-up. Characters are okay, and then at the end you're like, and it's over. You're like, okay, I guess it's over. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all of his stories. So where is he in relation to Tarantino? Always. I will tell you what. <laughs> the only book I've ever read where I thought the movie was better was The Lost World. Jaws. Oh, I've never oh, read lo- that book, though. You, you liked the Queen book? Queen of the Damned. No, no. You didn't like the you book, The Lost the World? Movie better. I liked the movie better because oh. there... And I'll tell you why. Okay. She almost always likes the book better. There's is this so thing on? Much... I said Queen of the Damned. Okay, because no, Dr. Malcolm is such a focus of the second book. <laughs> right. There's so much math theory. Yeah. Chat. It's just math, math, math. Let's talk oh, about math. this I math. Like math. You would actually probably like this book. It's just a lot of, he talks about his math theory so much, which it, it's just, uh, it's distracting me from the dinosaurs. Herbs. I want to read a herbs, herbs, dinosaur herbs. book. <laughs> now, Jurassic Park is a wonderful book, and yeah. I liked the book just as much as I liked the movie. Yeah. I saw the movie first, and that inspired me to read the book, and I liked them both. The book's but bad. The Lost World is, I just did not enjoy that book. I could not. It's very boring. He, they kind of forced him to write it yes. really quickly, so. Yeah, which I think it suffered for. Yeah. I think the movie, as. as the, not that the movie is the movie, but I think it's definitely better than the book. Hmm. Um, so. Tomin 1KF says, what's a summary? Apes and lasers, that's all. Ernie Husson <laughs> kicks some behind. And that says edited in parentheses. He probably meant ass. So does Tim Curry. I need more lines, I guess. Here's one. This 10-line requirement is oppressive and unfair. Apparently, our corporate masters at the so-called imdb.com believe that you are all their slaves. Will we take this? No. The the proletariat shall rise, imdb.com. The proletariat shall rise. Nine lines, ten lines, father mucker. Father mucker? Yes. They want you to actually write a review instead of, I liked it. Apparently, you need to have ten lines in order to submit your review. I did not know that. Well, appara- I swear I've used some that were shorter than that. Uh, well, this was in 2005, so I wonder if they've changed their guidelines. Probably. But he was ranting against IMDb, and it was fucking funny. So that's the <laughs> one I went with. Sorry. I mean, I was going to... page. I mean, but he rates it a 10 out of 10 because of Tim Curry, Ernie Hudson, Apes and Lasers. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is all you really need. <laughs> I guess. Does anybody want to have a quick tangent about anything else before we start? What we really need to do... Get more pockets on shoes. You know what I mean? Pockets on pockets shoes. Yeah, like, wouldn't it be cool if you had a couple pockets on your shoes? No. For what? For stuff. That's what socks are. <laughs> John? Yeah. If I don't get pockets in my pants, you can't have pockets in your shoes. Well, think about it. You got, you, you got some things you want to put some pockets in your shoes. How about like pockets in my pants? pants. <laughs> can we stop talking about your pants for a minute? Do you know that if you ask any woman, if you compliment a woman on her dress, the first thing she will say, it's got pockets. If it has them. If it has them. Yes. She'll say she will if it has pockets. You'll say, "Oh, that's a beautiful dress," and she'll say, "Thanks, it has pockets." Because it's so exciting to have pockets. Because we're so excited that we don't care how. As Carly's elbow deep in both of her pockets. If it's got (laughs) elbow pockets, 
thought it was a chest burster. Women get very excited about pockets. <laughs> I talk about so pockets you too. get to have pockets on your shoes if I can't have pockets in every single pair of pants. I had to help a man find some pants for his wife because she was a agility dog trainer and she had to have front pockets. And we had to search through 12 pairs of different styles of pants until we could find ones that had actual real front pockets instead of fake front pockets because she needed real pockets. <laughs> you need to breathe. 12 you're kinds gonna, of pants. You're going to pass out if you don't take some. And when we finally found them, he was so happy and I was so happy for his wife. Because she was an older The vein is sticking out of your neck now. But this is ridiculous breath. because it shouldn't take me 12 different types of pants until I find the fucking pants with pockets. I suddenly regret my shoes. <laughs> you had to have it. Now you get to- I've had to have students carry my phone on the track because my pockets aren't deep enough and it'll just fall out. <laughs> I have to wear a utility belt at work because I can't put my phone in my pocket. That's why Batman wears a utility belt. No pants. No pockets. Well, no I'm pants. fucking Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, back to the movie. Tangent complete. We open this movie <laughs> on an expedition in the Congo. Is it so you'll have a purse? Yes. Dude. It's so that... <laughs> that's fucked up. That's also why women's shirts are so thin, so that we have to wear multiple layers and buy more clothes. That's double fucked up. Have you ever seen Stuff that? Being a where you have a... <laughs> where, you know where you could see a bra through a woman's shirt? Because she didn't want to have double to put places. on an undershirt... Because she didn't feel like the patriarchy should have to force her to wear more than one, to buy more than one shirt. You get to wear just one shirt. I have to wear six, and it's a thousand degrees. You can wear a black t-shirt. <laughs> we already and have to wear a bra, and then we have to make sure you can't see the bra, which may involve multiple layers of shirt. <laughs> First of all, you don't, I don't have to wear a bra. <laughs> if you don't wear a bra to my job and I can see your titties flapping all over the place do you know who has to talk to you about it? You me I have to talk to you about your flapping titties <laughs> so please wear a bra you broke Tony <laughs> with, with your flapping titties you broke Tony oh, it was the the flapping the flapping because you know what it's never people with itty bitty titties that don't want to wear bras. It's always people with giant titties. They're flapping all over the place. <laughs> because those bras react. hurt. They do. They do hurt. I don't have experience with them, but I've heard. <laughs> but every day I take off my bra when I get home, and I'm just like, oh. And John's like, he watches me as I have to take off my bra. I don't have big boobs. I can't even imagine. Some of these ladies got some big titties. I can't imagine. Can I have that back? Please? No. <laughs> Elaine I'm, wants her wine back, and I don't think it's okay because we're never getting through this movie. Lord. She has the bottle. I'll go straight from there. Oh, shit. <laughs> Look, if you guys hadn't taken so long to come home, we wouldn't have gone to Wegmans and she wouldn't have bought well, this. Every, every, Damn it, Joe. Everything that happens is Joe's fault. <laughs> Everything. Don't be traced back to him. Also, this is the end of a full bottle of wine that I Oh, look, you're, wearing, you're drinking out of the Carly glasses. But Tony insisted on going home and getting his car. <laughs> I wanted to give the dog medicine and feed the cats, which I'm sure you didn't do before you left. No, because it was early. It was like 11. I've been here for hours. <laughs> yes, she has. Can we talk about this movie for a minute? Is that all right? No. Or do you want... So we are at How many Mount... Have you had? M- Makenko. <laughs> I'm very sorry to the people of Congo, but I'm not sure that I'm going to pronounce this correct. Well, I'm sure you won't. Mukenko. Crichton. He's now in person of Congo. Uh, we see an expedition team make camp on the hillside of a volcano. We can tell that the volcano is active. Not erupting, but just an active volcano. 
we see Charles, the wonderful Bruce Campbell. He checks he in with the corporate man. offices. He talks via satellite to Karen. They have, he tells her that they, he believes they have found what they're looking for. According to soil samples, it has the correct chemical composition to create the diamonds that they need to, to power this specific laser. The laser. Which I guess is, now I would assume that this laser has some kind of communications capability, but it is in fact a laser gun. We have not seen a ridiculous weapon of this caliber since we did the wonderful movie Eraser. <laughs> but they haven't quite found the actual diamonds, but they found the connect the correct chemical signature in the soil. And he tells her that Jeffrey is carbon. still out searching. <laughs> well, they need a particular type of carbon, I guess. Because diamonds are carbon. It's just carbon. There's nothing else in there. Well, there's other yeah, shit in there. So. Well, Pure yeah, carbon. no, there's other shit in there, which is why they were looking for specific. Well, not a lot. It's mostly carbon. Well, perhaps they found the mostly carbon. The mostly carbon with the other other shits. With a little bit of. I don't. It's Pepsi. There was carbon and old Pepsi. I am neither a geologist, nor a diamondologist, nor a communication satellite specialist. I don't understand. Then this why do you have that backpack with the passages geology rock? Because it does rock. <laughs> it's a fun pun. Mm. And I like puns. I also love Ridiculous Science, which this movie has in space. <laughs> which is what you would use to dig up diamonds. <laughs> but they don't actually have to dig for them because later when we find the diamonds, they're just laying on the ground. Like, what the fuck is that? And they're diamonds. <laughs> diamonds aren't like that. They're, yeah. not, they're not quartz. They're like a... <sighs> uncut diamonds look like little pebbles. Yeah. It, that doesn't matter. So does. then, <laughs> not to this movie. So he hangs up his phone call, and he goes to find Jeffrey, and Jeffrey says, "Come check this out." And they have found some ruins, which is awesome. Jeffrey's like, "We got to get another team in here," and, uh, and we've seen the ruins, and we say, "Let's stay." Away. <laughs> part, part part of the thing with this story though is, the book was written in 1986, mm-hmm. so. In 1986, this is like almost like Star Wars. People are talking on cell phones with their yeah, faces. They're shooting. They're talking in the Congo yeah. on phones. This is even, not fucking possible. Even then in, in the 90, 90s, well, even in 95, that kind of satellite collect yeah. connection, you didn't have internet in your house right. that wasn't dial-up and didn't take 300 years, and you couldn't make phone calls while you were on the internet playing Minesweeper. So, <laughs> but nowadays, Which I still play. Like, I talk to the <laughs> like, so. But nowadays, if you if somebody like younger watched this movie, they'd be like, I don't get it. You know, like, yeah. well, that's just crazy sci-fi not, tech back then. It's not the cutting edge stuff. But no, the cutting edge is with DB Sweeney. So before Charles had hung up his satellite phone, Topic. he told Karen that they would meet back at a special time so that they could discuss. Topic. Uh, Jeffrey and Charles go explore the ruins, and then they are attacked. I don't see by one. Mm-hmm. Karen and Travis get online to connect. Travis is the head honcho, Joe Don Baker, who you know is a villain because he's played by Joe Don Baker. Um, <laughs> that checks out. Karen and Travis go to meet uh, Charles, but Charles doesn't answer. So they turn on the remote camera, which is also very advanced technology for its time. Um, they pan around the camp and they see a bunch of bed, bed, dead bodies and that the camp has been destroyed. They're discussing what would do that. It looks like maybe perhaps some side, some sort of animal. 
And then when they see something running through the camp. It's gophers. It's not definitely not gophers. Why don't you kill all the gophers? And then it knocks over the camera and they lose their connection. It looked like some sort of gorilla, but it couldn't have been a gorilla because gorillas are peaceful and would not and are not aggressive that way. I don't know. Rob Williams once said he met a gorilla and it grabbed him by the tits. And those belong to him now. It's probably not a related story. So That's Travis true. That happened. freaks out. There's and a video of it. With Robin Williams with a gorilla hanging from his nipples. To be fair, he was so hairy they might have thought he was a gorilla. Might have been. Yeah. But it's pretty funny because the look on Robin Williams' face is of sheer terror as <laughs> well, a gorilla's got him by the tits. Any monkey well, grabs a part of anything on him. And his titties weren't flapping anywhere. They nope, were they were going nowhere until that gorilla let go. <laughs> That's why that super strong glue is called gorilla glue because you can't flap anywhere with that. Facts. Um, so Travis and Karen both freak out because they didn't see Charlie's body, but where the hell is Charlie? And Travis needs those diamonds. And he tells Karen that she was great in the field and he'll send her in to find them. And she's like, you're talking a little too much about these diamonds. That's your son. She drops this bomb. That's your son. So now we instantly realize, of course he's the bad guy because he cares more about diamonds than his son. Um, And he's like, we have to get in there before this gets reported and they close the borders or we'll never get those diamonds. And again, she's like, this is your son. Mm-hmm. And she says she'll go, but if she has one moment when he feels that it's not to, she feels it's not to rescue his son, she will make him. Smart. Well, she's a fucking idiot because twice and this guy says, said diamonds. But then and she's he's like, like, "You mean your son?" He's like, "Yeah, that's what I meant." She goes, "All right, well, I'm not gonna go." All right, is she a scientist? Because she seems pretty fucking stupid to me. But she does agree to go, and he does terribly convince her. That he does care about the death of his son, which he probably does care about the death of his son, oh, but not as much about these diamonds. Yeah, she's a. He needs I believe a new the name cash is Dumas. cow. Yes, he needs a new cash cow because satellites are things of the past, and he needs this laser gun so he can become an arms dealer. Apparently, I don't know. We don't know why he needs this gun, but it's ridiculous. And it's funny because you could just want diamonds as a cash cow. <laughs> Also true. But he wants them for a laser gun. (laughs) But it's ridiculous movie science, which makes it fun. So then we flash to Berkeley, California. Well, I heard they're a girl's best friend. We see we're in a lab, and we see Peter and Richard. They work there with a gorilla named Amy. Amy is special. She is quite an artist. She keeps drawing all these pictures of what appear to be the jungle and an eye. And she has been taught sign language and um, can talk to them. <laughs> so we see Peter giving a presentation to trying to get grants and more money towards interest to continue to fund his research for Amy. He talks about the science of transferring um, sign language into words mm-hmm. so that people who use sign language like sign to speech sign to speech yes. <laughs> thank you person who knows more about this technology than well, I do well I don't know what it is but you can do yeah. text to speech you can do <laughs> but this was it's like sign to speech sign to speech which I've never heard of it and there's an the element it. of sign that is a lot of letters so it mm-hmm. might be a lot of spelling I don't know <laughs> 
but it's not anything I've ever worked. I've worked with interpreters, but I've never worked with but, them I mean, like this. I don't know. It's all possible. Because I can see hand how... Hand gesture does, like, if you, I mean, you get things, be, you know, your hand gesture will turn on the TV. Yeah. So if you do this, certain gestures, it'll just break it. It wouldn't this be that crazy te- from the no. Oculus. I would say we, that this is probably real technology. It's 100%. That they actually have, where you could sign and it would reiterate it. Um, which is very similar probably to voice to text. But I will tell you right now, I doubt very many deaf people would be interested in using this technology because they don't feel that they should have to. They, If you want to commute, they don't feel they should have to. Yeah. You should be. I, know, I think just as many who wouldn't want to do it would have just as many that would. I don't know. It's a personal preference thing. Like, why would you want to drive a pickup truck? Because that's just what I like. Mm. How's the positive traction work? It just does. There's a thing about... Um, people in different disabled communities and how much they resent being forced to accommodate to non-disabled people. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like the reason that we don't see this as a mainstream technology is because why would they bother the people that love them and they want to communicate with, make the effort to communicate with them. And they generally try to, they stay mostly in their own communities because you don't understand what it's like to live their life. Why would you want to communicate with more people? I mean, Sorry, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, wishes he had an excuse. <laughs> Tony's about people all day long. He can't wait to get the hell out of here. But there is this thing about technologies that are created to make them more normal that they resent because there's nothing wrong with them. Like even cochlear implants. I mean, isn't that what the exact line they, was? Yeah, they don't. X-Men 3? They don't want the cochlear implants. No, they can't implants. cure you. They there's don't nothing want wrong the, with you. Mutant and proud. Which, it makes... Mutant and proud? It makes sense. Yeah. But... Okay. Mystique kind of sucks. So anyway, as someone who's not part of that community, I don't know all the details, and if I'm incorrect, please feel free to email us at the under, underappreciated movie podcast at gmail.com, and I will make any kind of correction or there's notations probably, that this podcast needs to make you feel more comfortable with the life that you are living. And there's probably also a bit of the difference between people that lost their hearing and people that were born deaf. Yes. If you never had it, then... Well, it's like when we did the movie Me Before You, and how people who were quadriplegic or disabled yeah. in that way were so outraged by the fact that they were romanticizing him ending his own life when it makes sense to anybody who's not been like that but people who are born that way that of course they wouldn't yeah. they don't or it's just a character and characters yes. but can there do was outra- but yeah. there was outrage on that movie about that and, sort of and that's dumb you should be able to write whatever you want which if you feel like we need to make any corrections again please email us really at the underappreciated like, movie podcast like, at gmail.com used to be you can joke about it now you can't joke about it because I'll I definitely 100% read your email because no one ever emails us and I'd be so delighted that anybody gave a shit um, <laughs> keep drinking so he gives a presentation about the research asking for more money to further fund Amy's project, and he shows how he has taught Amy not only to sign, but uses this technology so that Amy has a voice. And it is very cool. I wonder what happened if you got a gorilla a voice. Would they like not want you to take that thing off once they realize they can talk? Because there was a... I mean, they're smart, so maybe. But... I remember watching a video of this girl who used to be able to hear, lost mm-hmm. her hearing, and they put her on this machine, she can hear again. And she would not come off it. She's like, nope, this is just where I'm at now. Because she didn't want to go back to not having, being able to hear. Interesting. I don't know. Um, It's interesting because we can't really measure the cognitive reasoning of animals the same way we measure the cognitive reasoning of people. No matter how hard we try, there's just not... Because we can't communicate with them. We can't communicate with them properly enough to understand. Yeah. Like, we know that dolphins are super intelligent, and we know that octopuses are super intelligent, but we can't communicate with mean. them properly. 
Yeah. Octopi will kill you just for fun. Well, because they don't have. So we're cats. All, all higher. <laughs> to do that. Killer so whales. So we're people. Monsters. Killer whales are starting to attack They're people. Monsters. Like, like fuck around and find out. Yeah. My ocean. People kill people just for fun. Not all of us, but some people go around killing other people for fun. We call them serial killers. I mean, blueberry is delicious. <laughs> I uh, told Carly about my Frankenberry disaster this morning. Uh, well, I didn't tell Tony. Elena had a whole bowl full of Frankenberry and just dropped it on the floor. Like, oh. she, like she looked at me and was like, yeah. <laughs> you did that? No. I didn't drop it on she purpose. She just didn't realize that she was leaning in a way I just, that like, made it too I over. thought I had it a, I went for a spoon. I was talking with John, and then it was on the floor. I don't know what happened. didn't do a good job cleaning it up. Did it I'm break like, the There's Frankenberries no, all over my floor still. Oh, okay. I usually use a plastic And there was nothing. And Elaine. Oh, okay. So, so <laughs> Elaine leaves Frankenberries on the floor, and I'm like, you need to get those. And she said, no, those are for the mice. I'm like, bitch, we don't want mice. <laughs> for the mice. She didn't tell me that part. <laughs> it was, I thought I Chael would get it, it eventually. I figured Chael would get, be, get it eventually, but he only ate one and he didn't really seem to like it. So I guess Frankenberry are not for dogs. Maybe he'll feel differently about Blueberry because it is the superior monster cereal. But I went crazy and got a box of Frankenberry and Blueberry this year. And I started with the no Frankenberry. No, no, I don't like chocolate. And they didn't cereal. have fruit really? this year. No fruit brood at all. Nope. What about Yummy Mummy? Nope. They if they had Yummy rarely. Mummy, I would buy it, but I didn't see it. But I couldn't Last remember. year we had Yummy Mummy. Because I, I got a box of, no, I got a bunch of boxes of Booberry in the You yummy. got like three boxes of Booberry. It was wonderful. I had Booberry into December. Nice. Well, usually I get those at the end of October when they're running out. They're like, oh, okay, they're going away. I'm like, let me grab a bunch of boxes. And then I just like alternate. I'll get like Cheerios and, and then I'll have get a one, box of Booberry. No, usually finishes around Christmas. Yeah. I only like to do one flavor at a time. So I will do like, I alternate kinds of cereal. This is going to be the longest episode. Uh, last two were really long. I know. So after, during the presentation of Amy, Vic called John. Vic called John. And uh, and <laughs> I did, said, no. um, really? ask him, if, and John's like, we're watching Congo. And I said, ask him his thoughts. And all that I know is that Vic said he likes it and enjoyed the angry power glove. So there you go. That's like an no, angry said, what? Power the, glove. The mute power glove. He said, you told me he said angry. Yeah, I, I was wrong. It's, he said mute power glove. The mute Power glove? Like mute as in can't talk or mutant as in X Men? I don't fucking know. Ask that. I mean, it would make sense because he's talking about the glove that yes. makes Amy talk. So but the mute in, power glove. <laughs> in the audience of this uh, presentation is Homoka, and he has a ring that has an eye on it, and the eye looks suspiciously like the pictures that Amy has drawn, which they do have on the stage to show that she is a. Super special snowflake. I'm sorry, he said mute Nintendo power glove. Okay, awesome. Okay. Then that night we see that Amy has a nightmare. Peter is afraid that she is degenerating. Apparently this happens to gorillas in captivity. At a certain point they start to have nightmares and they become violent and then they have to be put down. Oh, damn. Which is kind of depressing if that is true and I actually think it probably is. Mm -hmm. Um, So he decides that they should try to send her home. But he notices that all the paintings that she's painted makes the room look like a jungle. She had did the paintings, and then she was fine for a while, and now she's getting bad again. And the paintings make it look like she's a jungle. He's like, she's trying to tell she wants to go back to the jungle. We should take her back to the jungle. She's saying, welcome to so the jungle. So Peter goes we to his boss and is like, we need we to, everything you need. I want you to pay for her to go home. And he's like, look, I can get you thousands of dollars to fund your research with Amy, but the one thing I cannot fund is her going back. You're making all this progress, all this advancements in science. All the grants end if there's no Amy. (laughs) If there's no Amy, there's no money. 
But then, well, if you seek Amy, then ah, no. no. Uh, then, like a miracle, like a sign from the heavens, the Britney Spears song, Homolka appears out of nowhere, as if he was just waiting for this moment to walk out, and says he can help, and he promises to fund the entire expedition to take Amy home. And um, they believe him. So they make arrangements to take Amy home. And then we see they're at the airport. And at the airport, we see that Jimmy Buffett, Rest the in peace. late, Rest in peace. the great Jimmy Buffett, <laughs> who's having a cheeseburger in paradise, has a cameo in this movie. And he approaches Homolka because there is a problem with the cheeseburger. He had a cameo, cameo in Lost World. Or, um, what was that first new Jurassic Park that came out? Lost World? Was, no. No, it was the, uh, uh, Jur- the Chris Pratt one. Jurassic World? Jurassic World. He's in that, too, for a second. Isn't he in, like, the, the little tourist area? Yeah. And, like, he gets in front of the camera, and you can see the Jimmy Buffett. And, and then he away. leaves, yeah. One of the pterodactyls attack or something. I think. Stop licking yourself, you weirdo dog. Well, I like mine with lettuce and tomato. Heinz 57 and French fried potato. It's also how I like mine. And, yeah, why would you pick a regular burger when you can get cheese on your burger? Cheeseburger in paradise. Also on Cheeseburger Eddie. Which uh, is also a great character. Because you got the fries that'll cross your eyes. Yes. You got the shakes that'll make you quake. Yes. You got the burgers. I just got burgers. Just got the burgers. Um, We're probably never going to do that movie. But as they are... yard. As they start to unload... You've never seen it, I know. So first they're loading the plane and Peter is standing outside <laughs> and Karen Ross approaches... The Karen Ross? She wants to join their expedition. And Peter tells her pretty much to fuck off without saying that because he's much too nice to tell someone to fuck off. Right. Cause but as he's telling her that, they start to unload the plane and he's very confused. And Karen is like, "You, I have money. I can help you. He's like, no, we don't need your help. And then Homokama comes up and he's like, actually, we might need your help because there is a problem and I might not have any money to pay for the fuel. And he's like, well, maybe I can cover it. How much is it? $50,000. And Karen gives him a big fat grin and is like, hello, I have a checkbook. She said, aha. So they do agree to allow Karen to join their expedition. She tells him that she's, she apparently has, she needs cover to get into the country. And all of her visas say that she's part of this expedition. So if they don't let her join, she won't be able to go to the Congo. And Travis has arranged for all of her supplies and everything that she needs in the Congo as long as she can get there. And she needs to be with him in order to get into the country. When they're on the plane, Amy does not like Karen. Apparently, Amy is very jealous of uh, Peter and his time and hates other women, which is interesting. (laughs) Which people joke that they're like married. Yes. Or a weird couple. Which I guess she sees. Karen I don't know as how. A threat to them. I don't really know how gorillas are in the wild and how they structure their, their whatevers. Hierarchy. Based on the animated movie Tarzan. Oh well. <laughs> it seems like there's multiple females and only a few males, but that's pretty much the knowledge of gorillas I have because although I did see the movie Gorillas in the Mist. I don't remember it. So you're basing all your knowledge on gorillas on a Tarzan movie from yes, Disney? Yes, 100%. Yeah, that's probably not right. I don't know. I know nothing. I don't know how, about, how intensive that research was. Well, I'm basing mine on uh, the recent Transformers movie. and Okay, we're going to stop <laughs> two male gorillas that ran the pack. 
So I'm basing all of mine on this documentary I watched about gorillas. Did you watch an actual documentary about gorillas? Okay, yep. And what is, <laughs> and so they, add to this conversation. And, we, and we'll decide if it beats Tarzan and Transformers. <laughs> so there's a Some documentary you There's saw. a hierarchy on uh, gorillas. Like, there'll be a lead gorilla. Mm-hmm. But you're not the lead gorilla forever. You only have the lead gorilla while you're the strongest. And as soon as you're not, that new guy's in charge. Mm-hmm. And sometimes gorillas will break off into new packs. But is it multiple men and women all together, yeah. or is it... Are they monogamous? You know, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think that came up. It's more about the power I... I know. You know what? You know who's monogamous? Swans. They make for life. And lobsters. The they claws, they hold claws in the cages. She's her lobster. You get it? You yes. get it? You get it? Yes. He, this guy gets it. Because <laughs> while we were moving stuff today, he went, pivot! <laughs> no, I didn't. You and Joe were doing that. <laughs> Though so that's the only way to move something if you have to turn a corner. Mm-hmm. Which is weird when, you know, the soon-to-be ex-wives are like giving you the snake eye. And you're like, so Sometimes at work when the priorities from corporate change at the drop of a hat and we have to change directions completely in the store, we talk about how great we are at pivoting. And I'm so tempted to make a cross stitch that says pivot and give it to Denise. Like, all the time. <laughs> like, I'm just a big Friends fan. Here you go. I know. All right. So, uh, Karen impl- asks... Pivot! Peter why he would teach an ape to talk. And shut up, like, shut up, shut up. And he, he's like, why wouldn't I? And then he quotes a famous poet or philosopher, or I didn't write it down, and it says, uh, a lonely impulse of delight. And she asks him if it made him less lonely, and he doesn't answer. We arrive in Central Africa. They land, and Karen is met by Eddie Ventro to set up their em- expedition. The Eddie Ventro? And Peter is very confused. Because he's like, no, no, we have hired a guide and we have this stuff. And Eddie's like, no, I fired him because he sucks. And I've got you this guy and he's going to do great things. And he then he sees the gorilla and he's like, would you like to sell that gorilla? And Peter's like, no. And he's like, 25 grand. And Peter's like, no. And then Amy talks and he's like, ooh, that ups the price. And Peter's like, no. <laughs> and he's like, all right, then. He I mean, tells them. A talking gorilla would be worth a lot of money. I know. Well, actually, for what you... For the kind of people that they're selling gorillas to in Africa, which are probably poachers, to kill it or stuff it, I don't think the fact that it talks makes much difference. I think so. Only if you were selling it to, like, someone who was going to put it in, a, in, like, a zoo or a circus. Sure. Anyway. Either way, Amy would be treated badly, probably. Yes. yes. Be good, be or good. If, not, if not outright murder. It wouldn't be good for Amy. So as we're walking through the airport, we see a car gets blown up, and then we are introduced to our guide, the wonderful Ernie Hudson, Monroe Kelly, and uh, he tells them that that was the president's car, and that they are going to need a new airport. <laughs> so uh, he tells Mon- Monroe tells El- Eddie to meet them farther down the trail with a clean plane and supplies, and uh, Eddie uh, books it, and Monroe hijacks a transport truck. And uh, Peter is not on board with all of this. He's very upset at this change of plans, this change of guide. He's like, I'm not getting in that truck. And But as things are happening, we see armed people running around the airport. And he's like, okay, I guess we're going with the flow. So everybody gets in the truck. Um, and he thinks this is about him and what's her name? Amy. 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 But it's not. <laughs> it's about Karen. They're using you yeah. as cover. <laughs> and in once they're in the truck, Monroe acts uh compliments her cover and Peter's like, We're not cover. And she and he's like, Um, sure you're not. 
but she used to be in the CIA, and I don't know why she's here, which means she's extra good. <laughs> I love that. She's in the CIA, so that means she's no, no. good at everything. She's Ooh. not in the CIA. She used to be in the CIA. <laughs> yeah, which means she's good at everything. Miss <laughs> B. She's good at keeping secrets. Miss B. The only thing she's good at is keeping secrets. <laughs> don't waft the dog farts in my direction. I... We'll fan it towards you, sir. <laughs> Enjoy the stink. May it get stuck in your nose hairs. And when it's stuck there for days, you remember, it's Joe's fault. <laughs> um, so they tried to... listen to this and be like, what? Does Joe listen? No. <laughs> Joe, if you listen. <laughs> That's why I like Vic better. Because Vic listens? Yeah. He doesn't. He does. Does he? All right, Vic, prove that you listen by coming over and saying the number 664. Okay. Um, so as they try to cross the border... Ben, no helping. <laughs> into Zaire. We know Ben listens. We know Ben listens. Uh, they're detained. Will does too. Yeah. And so first we well, see my Peter list. and Richard are detained in Total. one location... Okay. And they are being interrogated in a rough manner. Not tortured. They're not being tortured, but they are interrogated in a rough manner. But then we flash to Karen and Monroe, who are not being interrogated. They, in fact, get to meet with, the, with a general. And the general is no one. Who is that? It's Delroy Lindo. Welcome back to the podcast, Delroy Lindo, from such wonderful movies as Romeo Must Die and The Core. And? And... He's in a bunch of other stuff. Gone in 60 Seconds is yes, your favorite movie. <laughs> but he I mean, was in other stuff, wasn't yes, he? Yes, but you didn't name your favorite stuff, fucking though. movie. No, but wasn't he on the podcast for more than just three other oh, things? I don't know. I don't know what that I feel like he pops but up all the Your favorite time. movie is Gone in 60 Seconds, and you went with The Core? That's because I don't really remember really doing that, because we didn't really do a full episode on that. We did a mini episode, and I didn't really want to do that, because I don't really want to talk about my favorite movie of all time on the podcast, because we always complain about the movie, no matter how much, how beloved it is. And I don't ever want to complain about the best movie of all time. And Tim Curry's character is with mm-hmm. them. Yes, Hamolka is with them. He offers them some cake, and he tells them to eat it. And the only one that eats it is Hamolkma. And then... It's a cake. It's walnut cake. What is it? No, almond cake? It's sesame cake. Because sesame he turns cake. to him and he says, Stop eating my sesame cake. And Tim Curry, he says it twice, and then Tim Curry like spits it out and puts it back. But... Kieran bribes him to let them pass Sesame through cake. the border. I mean, um, he's like a warlord? With quite a <laughs> yeah. lot of them. He's lord, a general. He's a lord of war. Well, they blew up the president's car, and unfortunately the president was not in it. And now they're going to be in the shit for months. Well, that's how coups work. And in some parts of the world, this is what happens. The general does inform Monroe and carry that homokama... Homoka. Can you imagine that shit happen here? All of a sudden, like is the, a piece of sheet. Just run by a new person that blew like, up. Like the president fucking got exploded, and there's some dudes like, "All right, I'm in charge now." Well, the president was still in charge, and this is his general. Is he? Yes. Yes, he is. But okay, so uh, they are allowed through the border. Karen and Monroe and Homoka. 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 Christina. And Tim Curry. Homolka. Homolka. 
I wrote down how it's spelled, but that's not how it sounds. He's supposed to Herkimer. be Romanian or something. Yes, he is Romanian. Um, From they collect uh, Peter and Richard and Amy, and they carry on, and they end up at a small airstrip in Pennsylvania. Tanzania. There they meet a, a plane. Um, Monroe asks Kamokma if he's still searching for Solomon's city of Zinj. I love these mystical bullshit cities. Like, um, and Kamokma claims that he has given it up. Toledo. Because yeah. Monroe finally realizes why it. he thinks that Tim Curry is so uh, familiar to him. But at the airstrip, Eddie gives Karen an equipment list, which is everything except for the kitchen sink and a balloon, because Karen did not feel she needed the balloon back at the original airport in Central Africa. And um, she was wrong, though. She did need that balloon. Uh, And they get on the plane. So in uh, all the equipment is loaded, and Eddie has gotten her 13 uh, people as a crew for their exposition, plus... Um, Monroe, and then Richard, Peter, Amy, and Homoka. While they are flying into the Congo, the plane is fired upon because the borders of Congo are closed. And Monroe was hoping they would get a lot farther, but they, in fact, did not. Everyone disembarks the plane via parachute. Monroe drugs Amy, and he agrees to take them. Peter is like, I'm not parachuting on this plane. And Monroe goes, well, I hope you know how to fly a plane because that was the pilot that just jumped out. <laughs> the camera pans to the pilot seats and no one's there. Like, oh, shit. And so he says, I guess I'm parachuting, which would be very scary if you had never parachuted in your life. You wouldn't even know how to do and it. And he probably hasn't. He and his friend. I like how she says, probably. Yeah. There's no way that Richard has ever yeah, been out of parachute. True. That's true. We see Hamoka at the door. And he is unable to jump out of the plane. He is too scared, and he asks for a push. And they're happy to oblige him. And then when Peter goes up there, the same gentleman who is... Oh, God, I wrote down his name, but I cannot remember. We'll see it later because I wrote it down. Asks Peter if he needs a push, but he does not. He just jumps out. Once they are back on the ground, they gather up together. This is when Peter decides that he is done. We are going to call things off um, <laughs> that I don't need your services anymore. Everything is fine. And Monroe is like, go ahead. It's <laughs> like, well, we just parachuted into Congo and they have closed borders. So where the fuck you think you're going? You're just going to walk home from here? Like, it's a real what the fuck are you doing Yeah, kind of a thing. Like, sure, you can go it alone. How are you getting there and what equipment are you using? And really, at this point, Karen doesn't need them. So, you either come with us or we're leaving you behind. And Peter decides, okay, we're just going to continue on. Good call. So, they continue on foot. Karen is using some device that she has to track the signal of the satellite transmitter that they use to connect, to talk to Charles. And, um, but she won't explain to, Monroe asks, what are you tracking? And she won't tell anybody. She's still being very secretive. Um, that when they make camp, uh, Monroe is impressed with the equipment that has been provided. And she says, I have air conditioning too. And he's like, air conditioning? And she's like, I suppose it's a bit bit much. And he's like, shit, I'll take one. <laughs> he's never been on an exposition this cushy before. We see that Monroe and Homokma, Homoka chat about Zinj and how it doesn't exist. 
But Homolka claims that, um, and this is where he says that he gave it up, but Monroe does not believe him. Uh, that night, Karen contracts, contacts Travis. She tells him that he has a clear, she has a clear signal to the laser or the satellite equipment. And um, Travis is excited. He shows her that they have cleaned up the images that they got out of the camp and that it is definitely some sort of primate. He also tells her that they're kind of running out of time, that the volcano activity in the area is severe and that there could be an eruption at any time. When this happens, Amy knocks over the camera and they lose all contact. She's broken this satellite camera beyond repair. Karen is super fucking pissed, but of course, Amy's a gorilla and, <laughs> you know, a child. She didn't do it on purpose. She didn't do it on purpose. And, you know, you needed Amy to get into the country, so you gotta suck it up. Mm-hmm. But this also freaks out Travis because now he does not know where they are and he's lost all connection to them. We get a rainforest travel montage. And then uh, during at the end of this on, tra- on uh, travel montage, Peter gets a dick leech. Favorite tertiary object? You seem very excited about this. The dick leech? No, but it is a very long scene about the... Like, I don't know how this added to the story, but it is pretty funny that he gets a leech on his penis. Then we see the ghost tribe. So you're going to just skip over the fact that they hand him, uh, Ernie Hudson hands hands him like a cigar. He goes, here, use this. And so he burns the leech, comes off, and then he hands it back. Ernie Hudson's like, I don't. I'm not putting that back in my mouth. He's like, no, no, that's garbage. You throw that out. I mean, I was was giving you space If you're going to talk about the dick leech, you mean go all in. Maybe I wanted you to have something to contribute to this podcast instead of just 45 minutes of me reciting this movie. Well, you know, dick leeches. Well, like, welcome back to the podcast, leeches. On dick? Um, yeah. Uh, no, they were on butts. The Lost City. They were on butts. Chain Tatum's butt leeches. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't see this actually. my favorite dick. restaurant. <laughs> there was a dick leech. Tatum's butt leeches. Was it Stand By Me? It was a dick leech. I, I don't think yeah. I've ever actually seen Stand By Me. Ooh, you should. It's a good movie. Why? All right, why are you all uppity about it? Shit. Okay, I'm 43 years old. Do I really need to see a coming-of-age story about a bunch of teenage boys? They're not teenagers, they're preteens. Isn't that what the Sandlot was? Yes, but when I saw that... Nostalgia. Uh I was a teenage girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if Stand By Me would really do much for you at this point. It might, though. I mean, maybe if I had seen it when I was 12... It would really resonate with me, even though I'm a girl and they're boys and we have completely different priorities. <laughs> but I have don't you ever think seen it, a dead body in real life outside That's of a funeral of home? No. How but Goonies never die. I do like Goonies. Does it have a data? No. Mm. Does anyone do the truffle shuffle? Yes. <laughs> okay. I really don't. I know. So uh, then. After Peter divests himself of yeah. a penis leech, there's a lard ass. Mm-hmm. He sees that there are some tribesmen in the woods, and Monroe says, "Yes, I know they're there. Um, there's probably way more that we can't see. The only reason we can see them is because they want the, us to see them. Just pretend you don't see them." And then they approach, and they tell Monroe that they have a dead white man with a symbol on him. And they draw a symbol, and Karen says, that's the symbol of my, that's travel, Travis Communications, that's our corporate logo. 
So uh, she asks where this man is. So then they follow the members of the gross tribe to the location of this man. They're performing a ritual to return this man's soul to his body. He's not completely dead. He's only mostly dead, which we all know means partially (laughs) Partially alive. alive. But what does he have to live for? (laughs) Too brave. But they're... This tribe is performing this ritual to help to bring his to soul that. back to his body. After they finish the ritual, then Karen is brought to this man, and she sees that it is, I think it was Jeffrey. No, it wasn't, because no. Jeffrey's eyeball no, was right. by Charlie. That's right. <laughs> she said this it was, was just somebody. another dude on the crew. She said it was somebody. He was part of the expedition. She recognized him, and she tries to talk to him. And he see, he's conscious, but he's kind of catatonic. But then Amy enters the scene with Peter and Richard and the rest of the exposition. And when he sees Amy, he freaks out and he has what I believe to be a heart attack and he dies. Because the fear of the gorilla is too much. This is when Karen tells them that the original Dude, expedition... got to shock the monkey. Well, after they decide, and we never see what happens Monkey. to this gentleman's dead body, Monkey. so I guess no. we bury it, or the ghost tribe does whatever they do with corpses, <laughs> but whatever, we let, we leave this gentleman's body, and we never talk about it again, but Karen tells Everybody them... Everybody walk a dinosaur. Boom, boom. I got like a, like a boom. Sorry. Hey, man, get on the floor. Everybody walk, walk a dinosaur. A dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, so Karen tells the expert... It's a great song. Karen tells them about the Tony original expedition <laughs> and how it was attacked by a silver gorilla. And Peter's like, there are no silver gorillas, and a gorilla would not have attacked the expedition. And she's like, well, something did, and I saw it, and it was a primate. Of course, she can't show him the footage that Travis sent her because Amy destroyed the satellite camera. Convenient, Amy. Whose side are you on? Mm-hmm. Well, we now are on boats. We take a raft. Those boats? boats. <laughs> <laughs> We take a raft down the river. Karen asks about Zinge, and Homolkoma tells her about Solomon's last city and how he found a book that talked about with drawings of Zinge and this symbol of an eye, and then he found, while on safari, he found this ring, and he shows her the ring. And then he tells her that the gorilla drew the same image and that he is here with Amy because Amy has seen Zinge. Monroe says it doesn't exist, and he's like, no, she's seen it, it's real. And they kind of realize that he is a crazy crackpot. Does, or is he? Then, at night, we get a hippo attack. Mm. Hippos. Dangerous. Very aggressive. And territorial, <laughs> yes. And scary. Yeah. Like, hippos are big. Everybody thinks hippos are very cute. No. They're but big and they're fast and they're strong swimmers and they're murderers as shit. Well, they're, uh, they'll eat you. Yeah. Well, because they can. And they're hungry. They're hungry. Hungry hippos? Hungry hippos. Are they hungry? Open what do up hippos and eat? Goes. Does anybody know what hippos eat? Do they I eat fish? Some sort of fish. Are they omnivorous or the water? I don't know much about hippos besides they're dangerous. Stay away from them. I don't know. I wonder if they're vegetarian or what. Most of what I learned about hippos, I learned from that book that broke the book club. Oh, that yeah. Nikki's dad recommended. The River God? Yes, because they were hippos. Oh. <laughs> that and was... they talked about how dangerous the hippos were. 
That's the worst book ever written. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> but I didn't. I have book. read both The River God and Twilight. <laughs> and I would rather read Twilight. <laughs> but I remember that the hippos were very dangerous. Hippos are very dangerous. They're very cool. Are you looking up what hippos eat? Yes. I'm very I'll interested. I'll get there. Okay. Apparently, this is a long article about hippos. They talk. They have a lot going on, apparently. Huh. They can close their nose and they can close their ears so water can't get in. They have do have low center of ears. gravity so they can swim amazing. Blah, blah, blah. There are apparently a lot more to them. Huge, well, massive jaws. He didn't just look and up what do hippos eat. <laughs> I do love that song. No rhinoceroses. All I want for Christmas is hippopotamuses. You should a get her a hippopotamus uh, squishmallow. <laughs> oh God, that would be so grand. A hippopotamus what, squishmallow. What would what would we name a squishmallow? Bill. Bill. <laughs> but he's not a hamster. Shit. <laughs> My fat butterfly. I named Marion Cobretti. So what would be a better name? You we would. How could I top Marion Cobretti? Alice. That's what. That's what um, Cobra says in Cobra. He says he always wanted something tougher. Like what? Alice? That's not tough. They mostly eat plants, but they have been observed to do eat uh, meat if it's convenient. If it's in a so they, have these the giant, they have these giant, you know, vicious fangs or whatever, teeth in the front, but that's mostly for fighting. Most, they chew cud kind of like a cow or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they said they've seen them eat shit sometimes. Like if people? It, it, well... Because like I saw them eat one of these guides, or these these crew member. Porters. So th- there weren't any real gorillas. Were these real hippopotami? I don't Probably know. Really doubt it. They had, <laughs> they had Stan Winston on it. So I would the assume they were animatronic. Sorry, did you say Winston? Stan Winston. Stan Winston. Yeah. It's where sixty million of this eighty million dollar budget went to. Hippopotamus wrangler. And gorillas. And gorillas. Short. All right. So. The next day, or morning, or maybe a week from then, we don't know. Timeline's a little fuzzy. They see a plane flying overhead, and then later, and then they see it get shot down. It must have been the other team. Well, we don't know who that was yet in this plane, but tomorrow they should reach Mount Mukukino. Mukenko. Mukenko. Gorlami. The mountain. (laughs) Christina. So they, um, Karen has lost the signal of the laser. I said that really weird, mm-hmm. like weirder than I've ever said that. Next, you want to play walkabout uh, mini golf, laser layer. We can play that later, or we could have if you didn't take three hundred years with Joe. Shit, sorry about the yawns. I take three hundred years with Joe. It was like three hundred years. It was like three hours. Which is a hundred years apiece. Ooh. I don't know. Tony left our house at ten thirty. <laughs> to, to be fair, we had to go get it, and then ten thirty. Just say it. Afterwards, we had to book gas. It was more than three hours. <laughs> it seems like they also could have come and picked you and Matt up from our house since they were right around the corner. And I don't understand why you needed seventeen vehicles for this trip. Also, um, because we didn't plan it. <laughs> I would have done some things differently if I was in charge. Same-sus. Yeah, why are you letting Joe be in charge of anything? It was the last time. So, Joe, if you're listening. 
I'm not sure how we got to the position of power where he's at because he seems like a piss poor planner. <laughs> Actually, Joe's really good at being a leader. Okay. I didn't say leader. I said planner. <laughs> I'm sure he's a great leader. I'm sure he's a better leader than I am. I'm a terrible leader. I lead by example. I'm the person, I am the general in front of the troops. Oh, they call that a leader. Yes, well, it's not always the most effective management style. Let's be real. All right. And I'm kind of mean. Mrs. Carrot, <laughs> Mrs. Carrot or the stick. Let's go. Although I am aware I'm kind of mean, and I do apologize for it, and I'm aware of it. Not so me. They all know that it's not on purpose. I'm just a, a kind of short person. Yeah. I'm just blunt and direct, and I'm not always You're super You're not short. You're friendly. very tall for a lady. No, I'm not a friendly person. So I don't... I'm not the kind of person that asks you 20 questions about how your day went and how you're feeling and how great you are before I give you a task. I said, hey, today I need you to do this, this, and this. There's no pleasantries. There's no friendly <laughs> nonsense chit-chat in front of it. I just give you the list of things I want you to accomplish during your shift. And I understand if you can't because you, then you have to deal with a bunch of customers and you get pulled this way and that way because priorities change constantly at work. It's understandable, but I'm very direct and to the point, and I'm not super friendly. So I'm kind of mean. Because if you're not super friendly, then you're automatically mean. Even though I'm not actually mean, I'm just not friendly. Because I don't give a shit about these people on a personal level. I only care about them professionally. Which I feel is the proper way to go because it is... Because I shouldn't have to be... You caught Tony's attention. Well, I, I thought if I put nail polish down, she'd smile and move on. This is black heart nail polish. I'm not even sure if that's a brand anymore. Those belonged to Gwen, and she gave them to me. Oh. So that's how old this nail polish is. Dark okay. purple galaxy. It's a linear hollow. It's very pretty. Um, so then... <laughs> you tasted it. Like, they see the plane get shot down. Like shit. Because, again, the <laughs> borders into Congo are closed. Yes. Those poor bastards. They also don't see any shoots, so it doesn't look like anyone escaped this plane crash because they were not as prepared as Monroe's plane. Goddamn right. Made in America. Maybe don't fly planes where you're not supposed to. I will tell you that the no, no, majority of indie nail polishes are either made in America or somewhere overseas. Like, most of the polish I have are made in America. Small bags of like, nail polishes. Made in America or overseas. Those are your only two options. <laughs> They're not made on Mars or Jupiter. (laughs) No, but they're not like um, a mainstream band where they're mass produced in China. They're like a small batch maker who's either based out of like Germany or Switzerland. Okay, great. Come on. Canada. Or Canada. But the majority of them are actually. Yes, and our listeners are not big fans of nail polish. You don't know that. Just because Ben and Audra are not big fans of nail polish, we don't know anything about the rest of our listeners. They never tell us anything. They don't email us. They don't comment. They don't write reviews. They just listen to us. It's very strange and mysterious. Boy, I really fuck. Very I'm, strange. <laughs> Is this going out to people? <laughs> it's mysterious. They're very mysterious and intriguing. Why are they interested in the nonsense that we talk about every day? Tony is totally playing with my nail polish. You should paint your nails. It's I was a good just color. looking at it. It's a good color, sir. Paint your nails. Yeah, yeah, Tony. Paint your nails. He could. There's nothing wrong with it. No, I didn't. Okay, I'll do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. I was just kidding. Yeah, you might not want to He had to me paint his nails black once. And my problem is I chew my nails. Otherwise, I don't coat. care. Yeah, it's all gone within 24 yeah. hours. If I didn't chew my nails, I wouldn't care. You could paint my nails. You messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I should do that. Oh part. God! Take a picture, post it on our Facebook. Uh, so, <laughs> that's that, a lot of nail polish on that finger. 
It better be five free. <laughs> and it's not, it probably isn't. <laughs> and it's not even even. Um, uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm so terrible. <laughs> Remind me to put that on the Facebook page. <laughs> I'm sure we have some nail polish remover in here somewhere. Oh, it's oh, right God. there. It's <laughs> actually behind. Johnny, go ahead and grab that. And it's a little cleanup brush and everything. If you need that. Um. So then, because Karen has lost the symbol I tried, of man, the I tried. It's not laser... Really. Um, Karen down. said... Push down. They come to a fork... Still push down. No, no, no. Put the bottle back up. <laughs> Don't get it's frustrated with me like I don't know how to do pump. this. I just didn't want pump. you to do that when it was oh. upside down. Well, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so. God, Tony. I'm they sorry. come to a fork in the road. They could go two different ways. Could be worse, could have been that bad at Mount painting nails. Makenko. Christina. Christina. But Karen has lost the signal, and she says, and Amy says that they need to go to the right or perhaps the left, and Karen says that the last signal was the other direction. And um, Monroe's like, well, we need to make a choice. And Karen's like, well, I don't have her conviction, so I say we follow the gorilla. So they follow the gorilla. As they follow Amy up the mountain, they then find the plane that crashed. Everyone is dead. But they do see a bunch of equipment because it was sent by Travis Communications. Karen says that he sent another, he must have sent another team when they lost contact, thinking that they were not able to get through. Senseless loss of life. Karen's very sad for all these people who died. She's very empathetic to um, human death. At one point, they say she used to be in the FBI or the CIA, and she's like, no, I wasn't. And they're like, well, why would you leave the CIA if you had been? And she's like, because they're, like, they don't give a shit about people. Yeah, they're so soulless. Yeah. And she's not like that. She's here yeah. to save his son, not get the diamonds. Yeah. She, <laughs> she cares about people. More yeah. than things. More than things. She's a good person at heart. Apparently it's that's why completely different than the book. In the book, she's this, like, m- like money-driven, you know, all about the diamonds and stuff like that. Like, they uh, switched it around a little bit. Interesting. Is, okay, here's my question. She's like a harder-ass Is person. this book scary? I haven't read it all. I just read, I read, started to read it, and it was kind of boring. It didn't keep me going. Because it's a Crichton. Crichton. <laughs> It's a Crichton. Tony likes Crichton. I like Crichton. <laughs> See that book down there? What but he is... Jurassic Park? It's right there. What, Congo? You no, Jurassic Park. Oh. It's, yeah, it's, read that for me. What does it say? Michael, what? Crichton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is C-R-I-C-H-T-O-N. Careful. How would you... Like, I'm sorry. Most people pronounce... There's all kinds of different ways... Crichton. <laughs> Except Crichton. for the... I, I guess it's I Crichton? Crichton before I saw Crichton. But I live with Tony, so I know it's Crichton. <laughs> Except for the fact Crichton. that since 1994, they've said his name a thousand times a day. I don't it's Crichton. Okay, this is the woman who pronounces it Tretchabuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is an old book. Tretchabuck. It is a very old book. Yeah, that's... When did you get this? 1994? Perhaps. Yeah, it might be. Right after she watched the movie. First or second printing. This is. She might it's definitely mass media. I will tell you. This is copyright 1990. Is the year this book was printed? It looks like it. Oops. Oh my god! <laughs> page 197 just fell out! <laughs> John. So. Uh, Alright. This would be.
be. This is very. Don't just put it back <laughs> randomly. Put it back where it goes. Put that, can you put that back? Please? Thank you. All Wait, right. What so, in the Crichton? I. I break the spines of my books. I do it on purpose as okay. soon as I get them. No one cares. That's why it looks like that because I break the spines of my books because it drives me crazy oh. when the book doesn't open all the way. I thought you were just a big Bane fan. Meanwhile, no, recently Jessica gave me a book that she had bought and read. And, and I it was like, like it was pristine? Oh no, that's not pristine what it was. I found a book in my TBR pile that I was like, oh, this has never been opened before. So I gave it to her to read. But it was hers? And she was like, I read that already. And I was like... How? <laughs> some people don't. This really looks like it's never been opened. <laughs> and some people keep their books pristine. I purposely break the spines in multiple places so it opens all the way up. It's actually why I prefer oh. hardcover to paperback. You think reading because they open better and it's easier to read. I also went through a phase when I was in high school I where I liked to read in the bathtub, and you've met me, so all of my books at one point ended up in the bathtub <laughs> as I would drop them, Ooh. so they got wet and they had broken spines, and it was really funny because my friend Leah was also a very big reader, and we would trade books Oh my god, can we get through the rest and of this fucking so movie? I was so careful <laughs> when I would borrow her books to not... I like how Elaine them thinks in this any is good way, But as soon as I would get the, and like if they were my books, I was bending them all. <laughs> it is annoying to hold books open while you're trying to read them. I get that. I, yeah, so I Especially purposely if you're like would break the box. Do you have somewhere to be? Yeah. Where? On the massage couch? chair. <laughs> <laughs> I did get John a massage chair for his birthday. It's a giant was... massage chair like you see in the mall. And he does it ain't love no it. joke. And I'm so happy he loves it. <laughs> and I'd like to sit Otherwise, it would have been a waste of a lot of money. <laughs> yes. And I hope he understands that this means his Christmas present will be very inexpensive and small. Because I spent a lot of money on his birthday just because it was kind of an isolated event. Mm-hmm. Little did she know we got a dog on a Rolex that same weekend. <laughs> yeah, and now... It was a big money weekend. <laughs> yeah, and Miss B needs all this dental stuff done, and Chael needs surgery on his butt. It's very... September is going to not be cheap for us. It's very terrible. No, which means that Elaine's Christmas is going to be sore, too. Yeah, but I only want nail polish, and they're fairly cheap. <laughs> well, during the podcast, I found out that um, Omega is collaborating with Swatch again, but this time it is the Bond Swatch. I want one. Mm-hmm. Also, there's still that Oris. Yeah, but the Bond Swatch is going to be like 250 bucks. Which I'll take one. Also, I want that Oris and that Brightling and lots of nail polish. I don't know if you were aware of the, the cost of those watches she just said. Nope. But that's like five grand. Not even a little bit. <laughs> she acts like, if oh, I, if I had expensive, bought yes, John like that a massage chair, I would have bought an Oris the exact same day he bought his Rolex. The 3000 Do you know what I want, Tony? I want to be able yeah, to take a shower upstairs. I want to take a bath again. <laughs> I'm saying, as long as your shower I'm situation saying, is, the goddamn not, movie. is not your mom's shower situation, then I think you're living the best life possible. <laughs> That's still ludicrous to me. So, All right, they carry on. Let's go. After the plane wreck, they carry on. And then, Peter walks right into... A silverback gorilla and he's freaked out and Monroe starts to give tell him what to do 
and but he's this like, dude works with gorillas. And he's like, no, I know what to do. I stand my ground. It's fine. If I run, he'll chase me. And this and he silverback. He like averts his eyes. He looks down. He, he acknowledges the silverback's dominance. And then the silverback eventually walks away and carries on about his day. Because they are, you know, territorial, but they're not aggressive. So all the literature is apparently true, true or whatever. This fictitious pseudoscience world. <laughs> Although this might be real science, because Crichton. Did I say it right that Crichton. Time? Crichton. Why do I see... Just I get know. rid of the... Sh- Michael. <laughs> because Michael, it, he, he, he puts a lot of science in his book, so I assume that most of it's probably fairly accurate or... As accurate as it can be. As accurate as it can be at the time that he wrote his book, so I assume that this is actually correct. Because he's a lover of fiction and both science. Um, that's why his books are science fiction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, he, he survives. Died. So he survives and then he turns around and everybody <laughs> has disappeared. Because they all hit. Yeah, it's very, very funny. Of course they hit. She's like, I'm very funny. Let me explain it to you. But during this scene, Amy disappears, and she follows the gorillas, and she goes up to them, and she talks to them, and she signs, and she uses her special power glove to tell them that she's Amy, and to say hello, and they turn away from her. They're not interested in Amy, this weirdo talking talking gorilla. That's not what they're about. Very small gorilla. (laughs) That's kind of got an odd shape about her. (laughs) She's not like them. No, she's weird. So they and animals in nature do not like what's strange and different. Mm-hmm. Only humans embrace what's weird. <laughs> he stole my wine again. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason for that. All right. So then the, our expedition finds Charlie's camp. Everything has been destroyed, but there are no bodies in the camp. And Karen is like, "I saw bodies. Who took the bodies? Where's all the stuff? They had equipment." So there's debris, but they're missing a bunch of the equipment. And uh, so they continue on to search the area. And they find carvings, and then they find the ruins. (sighs) It is a huge find. They have found the lost city of Zij. Homolka is just, his whole purpose in life has been proven. He's overcome with emotion. You he can see right. it in his face. He's been right this whole time. It's like when Henry Jones found he's the grail. vindicated in his belief. Henry Jones Jr. And he shows them the Both eye. The Look, dog. the eyes are the same. There's oh, a dog. giant yeah. statue. And it I like has, that dog. It looks like it has eyes made oh, of amber or some other precious stone. And it matches the eye It's a really good way to end that ring. series. Too bad so... They began exploring the ruins. They've apparently arrived in the middle of the day, which is the best time. And although they approach with caution, they do begin to explore. Homokuma tells them stories about Zinj, about how this is where Solomon had a famous diamond mine, and it was protected by these special creatures, these killer apes that were bred to protect it. And he's like translated something, or is that not yet? Well, not yet. They mm-hmm. find a wrapper, a candy bar wrapper, on some steps. And they realize that Charles's exposition also found the ruins. And that they're going to go in and they're going to look. And Karen will not be dissuaded. 
and Hamolka also cannot be dis- dissuaded. And but they don't all need to go in. And Richard, it's like there's no way I'd go in there. He is a he's a coward, he's and I outside. respect it. <laughs> Richard is good out here. Um, Amy also doesn't want to go in there, and the other one that doesn't want to go in is Kahenga. And that's the guy whose name I can't remember. <laughs> Kahenga. Who, I didn't look him up on IMDb, but I actually recognize his actor. I've seen him in multiple things, and he's a very good actor. Actor. Mm-hmm. Now I want to watch Iron Man 3. So, Richard and Amy and Kahenga stay outside. Amy kind of starts to wander off and explore, and Richard's like, Amy, you need to stay with us. And we see from the camera perspective that something is watching them. And then we see a gorilla who is completely silver. He's not just a silver back, but he's a completely silver gorilla. He's gray. He's gray. He's a gray gorilla. Well, apparently... He's a grayilla. This movie seems to infer that the amount of silver on a gorilla makes it more aggressive. We do know that silverback gorillas are generally the leaders of the gorilla... Hierarchy? Family? I don't know what they're... Family. I don't know what you call a group of gorillas. I know that you call a group of crows a murder. And a bunch of cats are called a? Glare. Clowder. No, it's also glare. There's a couple different I, don't, I got that from that commercial. Yeah. You know. Glaring. I, there's different names for different, like a group of geese is a flock. And he that played Killer Croc in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> what is a group That's of gorillas? That's awesome. Welcome back to the podcast, Kahenga. His name is Adam a band. Ale, oh, that's Akin. cool. Oh, I can't say his name. What? A band. A band of gorillas? Uh huh. A group of chimpanzees are called a shrewdness. Interesting. A group of monkeys are a troop. A group of ravens, I think, is an unkindness, which I think is fun. Are there more? And there's a flock of seagulls. That's also true. Um. A well, band of gorillas. So, of cats is a clowder. Told you. Or a clutter. What's a group of dogs? A pack. Pack. Is a pack? There's a pack of. Because they're dogs. wolves. No dogs are dogs. No, they're wolves. Um. No. <laughs> I mean. I have checked, and there's nothing wolf-like about either of our dogs. Not chail. Well, they can be a pack, a litter, or a kennel. A kennel. Mm-hmm. I don't like kennel. Reminds me of the dog. Is that party. why they call it the Kennel Club Dog Show? I don't know. Reminds me of the the dog prison, you know, or as we call it, the dog, dog pokey. The pokey. Mm-hmm. The dog pokey. We have we sprung Miss B from the dog pokey. John called it the dog pokey, and now it's a thing, and it'll never not. A be group a of lemur, lemurs is called a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> a group of, that sure as fuck is. <laughs> a group of kangaroos is a mob. Ah. Any other fun ones? The whale's a pod, but we knew yeah, that we one. Knew that. Lion's a pride, we know that one. Elk cool. is a gang. Uh-huh. Elephants are a parade. <laughs> donkeys yeah. are a drove. A drove of donkeys. Camels are a caravan. Bears are a sleuth. Hmm. Sleuth of bears? I'm here by a caravan. Bats are colonies. Do you like dags? I feel like bats should have a cooler name. Mm-hmm. Hyenas are clans. Ooh, no. I don't know about that last All right, so... We see an all-silver gorilla, and it attacks, and Richard is attacked. And then... Hold on, real quick. Uh-huh. Rhinoceroses yep. are crashes, Crash and zebras are dazzles. 
Dazzles. Dazzles. A dazzle of zebras or zebras, I guess. I don't know. I'd like to. For some reason, I feel like they sparkle. <laughs> well, in America, like it should be unicorns. A dazzle or, of zebras. Yeah. But in Europe, uh, they would uh, say a dazzle of zebras. Be a dazzle of zebras. And dags. A crash of rhinoceros. <laughs> what would a group of Elaine's be? Pretty. <laughs> Points that was very fast. <laughs> that is true. But I think we'd be a pink. <laughs> Pretty in pink, isn't she? A teal of Carly's. A teal, a teal, teal of Carly's. <laughs> That's very Holy good. shit, I was so drunk I saw a teal of Carly's. <laughs> That's good. See, Hit like a, a bunch of Tonys would be a red. Ooh. A red. Or a reed. <laughs> Depends on how you pronounce that word. What was a bunch of bats? What would it was be like, a, I don't remember now either. Coolness? An intelligence. A cool, no, I like coolness better. Yeah, but that's not true. <laughs> you don't think I'm cool? Bats are colonies. Or camp or a cloud of bats. Cloud of bats. They should cloud be. Cloud of Tonys. Cloud of bats. <laughs> no, it's a cloud of Tonys. Bats oh, no, they're a colony green. or a camp. If they're upside down when they're flying, it's a cloud of bats. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a cloud of Tonys coming at a you. A cloud of Dr. Aculas. The giraffes is a tower. A tower. <laughs> a tower of giraffes. All right, can we finish this? We're so close. But I'm so interested in what they call. Well, can we can talk about this are later. We so close. <laughs> Porcupines no. are prickles. We, no, I have lot. Well, no, I only have like three pages left. We are pretty close. All right, so now we're inside the mine. So Monroe and Karen and Peter and Holcomb—they've all gone in the mine. Uh, so they've gone inside the ruins and they're looking, they see the same hieroglyphics, which also is listed in the IMDb movie goofs that is supposed to be King Solomon, but everything's written in hieroglyphics. Because Solomon didn't have hieroglyphics? I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know why that's a movie goof. This is one of those alternate history things, so just go with it. I don't know, it's pseudoscience. It's, it's also movies. not a, a, an under, I mean, a city in the Congo where there's just diamonds laying on the ground. And the hieroglyphics protected by gray gorillas. over and over, we are watching, we are watching. And it's the eye, the all-seeing eye. The all-seeing eye. All right. That was some fairy dust just for you. Um, (laughs) But then we see Hokuma is trying to find the access to the mines, but there's all these cave-ins because we're in a very volcanically active area. So, of course, there are a lot of earthquakes. We've experienced a couple earthquakes at this point. (sighs) And then Richard runs in screaming. Screaming? And a silver gorilla throws a head at them. Which yeah. would be which was crazy terrifying. <laughs> yes. So how strong is the gorilla? And it's like Richard's coworker. Yeah. Yes. Gorillas are pretty I don't strong. Remember his yeah. name, but it's his coworker. Yeah. <laughs> Hence we go back to Rob Williams going, okay, those are your tits. And then the gorillas attack, but they are able to drive them off. And up to this they point, go, we've seen like one or two. <laughs> yes. And at some point, we see lots more than. Those. Wait a minute! Yes. You mean to tell me this is just guys in suits? Yes. I don't believe. But they go outside, they they leave the temple, and they go outside, and they find everybody is dead. So then they go back to camp. They arm up, they make camp, and um, they have they have all this equipment that Karen has brought with them. They, they set all these traps, these lasers, these guns, so they should be fine. But the gorillas surround them, and then they attack. They start testing the perimeter. Hokuma tells them that they've tr- he's translated the hieroglyphic and it's that we are watching you. And then in the morning, no matter what, they're packing up, they're leaving. 
So the gorillas keep attacking. These guns are firing at the gorillas. They damage part of the perimeter, but in the end, the gorilla they they kind of the gorillas run off, and they end up getting probably the worst night's sleep of their life. Yeah. So in the morning, they pack up camp. There were some people that were killed by the gorillas overnight, but there are no bodies, and they are in fact missing two of porters. Uh, Amy and Homolka, Homolka are also missing. So we see that Amy has gone and found the gorillas, and she left her backpack. But or she took her backpack. She left her backpack. I can't remember. But she goes and she found where the good gorillas are because Amy is home and she wants to be with the gorillas. gorillas. And then we see that Monroe and everyone else have gathered up. They're going to go find the missing porters and they're going to leave. And Peter's like, well, Amy is missing. And Monroe is like, people are more important than gorillas. Do we agree to this? And Peter's like, yes, of course. And he's like, well, if she doesn't come back, then we're fucking leaving her. Also, we brought her here. To, to let her go. Her here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so all she did was cut a couple steps Just out. Just because of it. you didn't say goodbye. <laughs> also, you know what? I'm not gonna go. I'm not looking for them. I'm missing porters. I'm sorry. These people. They disappeared in the middle of the night. I'm calling them dead by by monster gorilla. Because the other thing is we're not up playing enough. Is literally this volcano can explode at any moment, and then we're all dead. Because where do you yeah. think you're going? There have in been thick, nowhere. thick jungle with the, no rides. We have had lots of earthquakes over yeah. the past couple days. But they go searching the ruins for the missing people. They find pictures that show that they bred the gorillas. That they found... Now, Peter all of a sudden can read hieroglyphics. Whatever. Yeah. But... He couldn't yesterday. Well. <laughs> but today... But hieroglyphics is pictures. Because these... So you just kind of look at them and go, aha. Because these pictures show... That they bred these, they found aggressive gorillas and they bred for that trait to make them more and more aggressive until they turned on their masters and killed everybody. And that is why the diamond mines were abandoned. abandoned. Not a great plan. They also find a pile of bones of normal gorillas, which shows that perhaps, perhaps these crazy evil gorillas are also cannibals that eat gorillas because there is a pile of bones. Well, they're fine young cannibals. And they drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. Like no one house. There is an earthquake, and they fall through the floor. When they fall through the floor, they then find Homolka, who has been in here searching for the mines, and he says, we can't go that way. That way has been blocked. There is a cave-in. So they continue through trying to find a way out, and they find a great cavern, which also looks a little bit like the back of the Titty Twister. Ooh, the Titty Twister. <laughs> <laughs> which is... A this Mayan is, temple. Homoka says it's the diamond mine. Now, this room, listener, is a little bit... Country. So, and a little bit rock and roll. So, it's sand with a very small stream running through it. And then cliffs where there's all these holes dug out. Which is why I say it looks like the back of the titty twister. And... Apparently, these holes are entrances to different mines, but it's all kind of like on a cascading staircase. And it's the holes into the mountain are very uniform, which is very suspicious. Mm -hmm. But littered across the sandy bottom of the cavern in which we have emerged 
are diamonds. They're everywhere. They're Huge all over the diamonds. fucking floor. Now, I which don't care what you believe, the but there is no diamond mine in which the diamonds are just loosely on the <laughs> sand. That's not and already polished. And all are, and already cut and polished. It's well, they're just really smart gorillas. Kind of ridiculous. <laughs> These are work gorillas. They so, know what they're doing. But they don't know what to do with them. They're like, all right, now it's shiny. What do I, I do mean, with you it? You can't just unload hot ice. You know, yeah. it's tough. I know a guy that can move ice. Yeah. I feel like these would also maybe come... Uh, these could perhaps be considered conflict diamonds. Are they? Because of conflict with gorillas? No, because uh, like the borders of, of the where Congo they're from. are closed. There's mm-hmm. lots of conflicting warlords happening. They have the same chemical composition as, as conflict diamonds? I'm not sure... I know most diamonds, they, don't they put serial numbers in them? They do. They do, some of the bigger ones. Yeah. These they are do. Like, these are big. So there are certain diamonds which are illegal to have in the United States. Blood and diamonds. other uh, first world, let me put air quotes around first world because this is the most ridiculous thing ever that we have a, we have a first world and a third world. Is there a second world? Yes. <laughs> it's all the same fucking world, whatever. No, they do have but, second world countries. I don't know how you... I don't know exactly what the, all goes into those ridiculous classifications that are nonsense, but whatever. But is it more is it more lucrative to get these giant diamonds and try to find somebody that you can get them to that'll cut them and sell them and stuff, or is it better to get these diamonds to this contractor that can make lasers that we can sell to the government for ridiculous amounts of money? Well, Who's to say? But I don't know exactly. Second world countries include Russia, Poland, and China. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't think of any well, off the top of my head. Like, oh, I okay. thought India was, but that might have been a long time ago. I don't know how we what the classification for first world, second world. It has world to do with I, their I, economies and I knew the that, level of technology. I knew that first world and, had something to do with like the industrial revolution and yeah. how, and then they it's, start classifying things differently. It's more based on and, their economy. And most of Africa is considered third world, although that seems like a misnomer because there's a, a lot of money in Africa it's, in certain areas and held by certain individuals. I can help you if you let me explain. But mm-hmm. I think it's mostly that. It's more about your economics. While just because you're outputting a lot of money in diamonds, that's not helping the economy of your country. That's helping the people who are selling diamonds. Yes. So it's really about your economic health. Yes, but there are Like, we're a first world people... country because no matter what they tell you, most people are pretty okay. Okay. Even the poor people are doing okay. Are they? Yeah, as compared to poor people in Africa, absolutely. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> and there's a difference. That's the difference between third world and first world and second world. Is ha- your economic growth, and do you have um, programs for things? And but anyways, um, but yes, it's shitty to be poor in any country, but it's super shitty to be poor in like Africa. But I think like they have like when they look at the chemical composition of gemstones, there's always impurities in the stone, which are a- how they designate whether something is like a conflict diamond mm. and a non-conflict diamond because it has to come from certain areas or it's considered. Well, it's also be like, surrounded by certain rocks, and they get yeah, checked. Yeah, like it's the impurities that they use to say what the chemical compound. Like, what's in this? So, Carbon. Yes. I'm kind of think that perhaps these might be considered Carbon. conflict diamonds. I don't know. I never saw the movie Blood Diamond with Leonardo DiCaprio. So it's what happens to because it's, I'm sure that shows me this true fact. Because <laughs> <laughs> different diamonds around it's the a world. Documentary. Have a little because little I get all diamond. my facts from Hollywood because we know they never lie to me. Of course, everything that happened in the core is true. <laughs> Hot pockets Talk. will save the world. Speaking of diamonds, 
<laughs> there's some really big diamonds in the core. This also features a giant geode. Yeah. Um, it's a and giant a laser. diamond. I'm sorry, what? Like, I don't care what happens. They're coming in here so, with guns and getting those diamonds. So there are diamonds. Did you really piss off the De Beers family, who has a lot more diamonds than they say, but the, every year they release diamonds to keep the price up? That's why billionaires are going into space, man. Catch a comet that's made of diamond. Well, who's, that's who's, who's why to say you millennials got right are ruining the diamond industry, which is funny because it's not really millennials, because millennials are people our age. Yeah. And no, we're Gen X. No, Tony is Gen X. We're Gen X. You and I are on the cusp of millennial and Gen X. We're actually nothing. People born in 1980 don't really get to claim either one. Technically, we're a millennial, but we're not really millennials. And technically, we're Gen X, but we're not really Gen X. We're nothing. We don't even get a generation. Talking about my generation. People try to put us down. Carly is firmly a millennial. Yes. And but I want to people, explain it to Elaine because she's not letting me talk. But I'm an old millennial. Like, it's one of those things. Millennials went into the 90s. And it's like, a person who was born in 1994 is not the same as a person who was born in 1984. <laughs> but also, when people talk about millennials, a lot of the people that are like, oh, millennials, you are a millennial. You don't even know what that means. Yeah. It's just two people You're born Gen in put You mean Gen Z. Down. But anyways. The who? I'm all sniffly because I've been drinking all this wine. Well, keep going. We're almost done. You just don't want to finish. There are diamonds everywhere. There are also evil gorillas everywhere. And they are coming out of the woodwork on those little they, shelves. Homolka <laughs> starts picking up a fucking bunch of diamonds, as if you would. I don't know why no one else picks up any diamonds. There's like, no because- way... There's no way that Monroe Kelly didn't oh, put a diamond no. in his pocket. He's picking up diamonds. No, no. He is there's sneaky. giant evil gorillas coming for you. No, Monroe Kelly picks up a diamond. No, no. The only person who wouldn't... The, Karen and Peter are not picking up diamonds. Well, though Karen does pick up a diamond. But Peter is not the kind of guy that would pick up a diamond. But every single other person would pick up a diamond. And Monroe definitely left that place with at least three diamonds. He now, was very sneaky about it. Nobody saw him take them. <laughs> he was very sneaky. Nobody knows he has them. <laughs> but Homolka is like, help me. We got to get all these diamonds. And the gorillas attack him because they were trained to protect the diamonds. I don't and, know a situation where I'm not just taking a second to grab a diamond that's... The size of a Coke can. Especially Just at one. the end. Like once what do you do with okay. it? I don't know. I find something. I know <laughs> that the volcano is erupting. Like, hey, I'll learn to gym cut. <laughs> this is my thing. Maybe I didn't pay, pick up a diamond off the sand oh my God, when all the gorillas are watching me. But the gorillas are everywhere. After they attack Hamolka, the group kind of coalesces and they're trying to find a way out. They go down a passage where they see light and they think it might be an exit. But instead it's a giant diamond geode with a bunch of human corpses around it. And they find Charles's body. You know what? I'm picking up my diamond in front of the giant diamond geode. I'm just, I'm just taking one and putting it in my pocket. Just one. Just well, they had other SGO. All right. Shit going on. There's no time. You would pick up a diamond. I wouldn't be in the fucking Congo. And that's true. I wouldn't be there. But if I were there... Like, hey, we're going to the Congo to hunt for diamonds. Nah, I'm cool. Okay. We all know Elaine would have picked up at least six. I give you money. And I wouldn't have sold them. I would have turned them into a tiara that I would wear when I do (laughs) more. Where's your tiara? It's right here. Uh Uh-oh. It's empty. (laughs) It's right here. Let me put it on. For fairy dust. (laughs) Okay. All right, so they find a pile of bodies, and they see both Jeffrey and Charlie are there, and Karen is crushed. 
Now, they Not can't literally. find an exit out, but Peter and Monroe are firing guns at the gorillas to keep them back. And Karen says she needs three minutes. So, she puts the laser together, which... Seen, with Charlie's body. Also, man, yes. if gorillas are aggressive towards me, I love animals... We're killing these motherfuckers. He's <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like. I'm not fucking with no gorillas. Have you seen Nope? No. Okay. Nope. No, I don't want to see that. Is it scary? Or is it's, it just? I like the movie. A lot of people like did signs? it. Signs. It's where there's it's, there's a there's scary a, parts, but it's not overall scary. I, I think you'd be a little scared in parts of it. A hundred percent, I saw the. But previews. the beginning of it is very weird and very upsetting, and has not a lot to do with the movie except maybe on deeper levels. And I think that you would not want to watch. Okay. It has to do with a monkey beating some people to death. Okay. And tearing, but, tearing. But it's got like aliens, right? No business. Yeah, monkey. it has that. That's well, do they monkey thing. around? Are they too busy singing to put anybody down? No, they're not too busy singing. <laughs> they're very ready to put some people down. I saw previews and it looked like it was a good movie. I think you would, would like be it. Too tension filled for me. Uh, I think you'd be Which okay with it. Well, did it do great? Maybe you should pick it for the. I looked. Podcast. I looked at it and uh, it it did too well. I might still do it for like Halloween or a birthday or something. I don't Maybe. Well, I'll watch we'll see. It if you do it. Okay, so Karen puts the laser together and grabs. Okay, so Peter has. What looks to be a lump of charcoal in his hand. But Karen, who is the smartest person apparently in the world for these three seconds, looks at it, instantly knows that this is the perfect diamond for the fucking laser. How would she even know there was a lot a diamond inside that lump of charcoal? Because well, even charcoal is carbon too. Charcoal is carbon too, and eventually it will become a diamond. But charcoal is not diamonds. Right. So if it was still charcoal, it was probably not a she diamond. Could have banged it against something. Which is what she did to dust off the charcoal so that she could put a diamond in the laser. So while this is happening and she's trying to put the diamond together, the gorillas grab Peter because he runs out of ammo, which Peter did in fact gun, grab a gun and shoot bullets at gorillas, even though he is a gorilla scientist. Mm-hmm. So they hey, are about I'm, to I'm a humanist, murder. But if one comes at me to kill me, I'm going to shoot you in the face. They are about to murder Peter, but Amy comes out of nowhere and rescues him. Amy, the talking gorilla, is so terrifying to the ultra-aggressive territorial silver gorilla-eating gorillas that they back up because this gorilla is technologically advanced. I guess this would be like an alien appearing out of nowhere. And even if you were a bunch of serial killers, you might take a step back and go, what is this now? Um, So she rescues him because Peter is her baby. Uh, Karen then uses the laser to blast their way out. And, Which is dumb and, because we all know diamonds are used for freeze rays, unless Batman and Robin is wrong. <laughs> no, that science checks out. Okay. She murders all what? gorillas with she the starts, laser. She murders them with the laser, which, of course, is awesome. Maybe. I don't know. Let me get some air quotes around that. But she manages to bust them out. But while this is happening, the volcano starts to actively erupt. And there are a lot of earthquakes, and the ground splits, and magma appears. I'm sorry, what appears? Um, lava. The lava, lava starts to fill in the mines Very and similar. kills all of the evil gorillas. Well, they're not evil, but the I mean, bad gorillas. They're not evil, they're not bad. They're they're just, just that's their then we get what I've written in my notes as a scary volcano escape action sequence. So you mean to tell me that the one time that people find this amazing hidden city, it gets blown up? Yes. It does not get blown up. I'm it sorry, gets it gets buried, buried under magma. magma. 
there's a word liquid for that. Liquid hot magma. There's it's, a word for that. It's called natural selection. It's called amazing. It's called natural selection. Someday, if that volcano goes dormant, it perhaps will be excavated, and someone will find lots of diamonds. Yeah, they will. <laughs> and they won't have to worry about killer gorillas because That's they'll true. all be dead. Right, yeah, we covered that uh, gorilla problem. <laughs> so, what do we do with all these gorillas? They yeah, escape <laughs> the volcano. Amy has to save Peter's life like six times. She should have let that <clears throat> fucker die. Wow. They make it. Hot take. He only lived because of her. He added nothing to this expedition. She has already found the gorillas that she's meant to be with. She he was just Amy's handler and then Okay. For what? But she has a special bond with him, so she's continuously saving his life. Yeah, because she lost him until she reads real gorillas. And and she, then she realized she actually that, when she signed, she took the glove up and said, You better remember this shit at Christmas. <laughs> they make Made it down the mountain. <laughs> and they Africa. run so they run all the way back down the mountain and they make it to where the plane crashed. And she Karen tells them to search for a transmitter and a balloon. Because she knows that yeah, the old priest and there the was a balloon. There was a balloon listed in the manifest. Even though she didn't want the balloon, that doesn't mean somebody else didn't want. She contacts Travis. He's shocked that she is still alive and impressed. And she tells him that Charles was killed. And he's like, did you get the diamond? And she's like, did you hear me? I said, your son is dead. And he's like, did you get the diamond? And she says, do you remember what I said? And he says, yes, but I need this diamond. I need this laser. There's 40,000 people who work for me. And without this diamond, they're all going to go broke. And starve and live on the streets. So what and does she, she says, do? I'm gonna play the more high ground, sir. And she says, What if I aim this laser at your satellite? And he's like, Karen, don't do that. But she then does use the laser to d- destroy so, the Travis Telcom satellite, which uh, is pretty fucked up. So <laughs> and she, amazing. So she That is the worst two weeks notice I've ever seen. She couldn't sacrifice one to save many. Yeah, she she has no idea spot. what the greater good is. She's a terrible human being. Little Timmy has a bad Christmas now and gets no presents She's and has nothing but a bowl of soup for his Christmas feast because she lost her boyfriend. Her ex-fiance. Which says she couldn't even keep her, her fiance together. She didn't want to marry him. She changed her mind. Women can do that. Also... Maybe he has a beer flavor. But then I was like, is she trying to go home now? Because... That wasn't yours. <laughs> but, and it was worth millions of dollars. And you just... Destroyed it. Destroyed it. Yeah. And then threw the diamond There's away. a reason why this movie cuts off where it does. Where it does because when she gets back to the U.S., yeah. it's going to be rough for her. First of all, she's never going to work in her field again. She got Second, she's getting a shit suit out of her. Breach contract. I don't think you can sue someone for what happens in the Congo. I don't know. She did it on video, though. <laughs> but, uh, talk about jurisdiction uh, like international waters I don't know mm. um, I don't it depends on lots of things I feel like it would be very difficult to prove that she destroyed the satellite she did it with, on video without showing the courts the laser that like that it, she leaves that in the she, Congo well she, do, she throws the diamond away but she doesn't throw the laser so away so you're saying it's okay to do bad things as long as you get away with it and re- no recording. I'm saying I don't think she's going to get sued for that but she definitely <gasps> lost her job and recording stuff wasn't as as prevalent as it is and now and that stuff like it was a live feed but we don't know what they recorded yeah. we don't know like I feel like there's a Shit. lot of gray area here 
Well, well I can't smell anything because, you know, I'm allergic to wine. Um, so keep drinking. That's helping. I gotta get you some Sauvignon Blanc. She's Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. It's worse, better for people that are. Allergic. All right. So after she, so then we see Peter. He goes to find Amy, who's disappeared again. She has found the gorillas, and she pretty much tells Peter that she's leaving to go live with the gorillas. And it's very sad because even though this is what he wanted for her, he's really not ready to say goodbye to her, especially after she saved his life. But we all say goodbye to Amy. She's with her people now, and we're all very and, happy And he's for dead her. the next scene and, because she's not there to save him. All right. So then Monroe, Karen, and Peter take off in this balloon, which even though I'm terrified of heights, I've always kind of wanted to go on a balloon ride. Really? I find balloons extremely... But I once saw you fly across Fremont Street. And I did that. It was a good time. I love balloons. I think they're so much fun. I think they're beautiful. I'm very intrigued by balloons. I would be very terrified to go up in a balloon, but I've always kind of wanted to go. It's a very, it's a real conundrum, but I love balloons. Um, Like, there's something about, like, ballooning festivals that I find very wonderful. I mean, I would like to go that one in, is it in Phoenix, where they... They do all the balloons. And, I mean, I I don't necessarily want to go in a balloon, but it seems like it'd be a cool thing to be there for. You guys in your headwear. (laughs) John keeps changing hats. (laughs) Audra, Audra, he likes hats. He's mad about hats. She gets it. Nobody else does. All right. So then Peter takes the dot or Karen takes the diamond out of the laser and gives it to Peter and asks him to throw it away. And he does. Um, and you know, like, Monroe is like, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why she didn't give it to Monroe. And that is the end. That is the majesty. That is Congo. Tony, what did you think? Let me pull up my stiff. What, what were your thoughts? Who's your favorite character? All right, my favorite mm, favorite character is Jodan Baker. Really? Because I like Jodan Baker. He's terrible in this movie. He's a, he's a bad guy, but I yeah. still like him. Interesting. You always yell at us when we pick the bad guy. Least favorite character is Karen and Peter. I thought they were uh-huh. both extremely boring. Yeah. Um, my favorite line is, um, I can't remember what Winston, what's Winston's name? Monroe. Ernie Hudson, Monroe. Uh, when they first get there, there's like this really beautiful moon, and uh-huh. and they're all just sitting there in a camp. You're not gonna steal my line, already. Yeah, fuckers. And uh, they start hearing all this like ooh, noises all around. And they're like, "What is that?" Really, that's your favorite line. And yes. uh, it's it's a bunch of monkeys <laughs> fucking all around them. And he says, "You see, uh, with a moon like that, every monkey within a hundred miles thinks he's Elvis Presley." <laughs> I really liked that one. I thought it was funny. That's your favorite line. I thought you not anymore. Favorite scene is. When uh, Karen uses her laser cutter on the apes, because I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite tertiary object is the special effects of the monkeys, because uh, Stan Winston did it, and he's a hero of mine. Oh, Even though cool. people said that they didn't like the monkeys in it. I don't care. Still, Stan Winston did it. Mm-hmm. Don't know who he is. Look him up. He did Predator, Terminator, Term- uh, you know, anything that you've ever liked. <laughs> Jurassic, <laughs> Jurassic Park dinosaurs. Um, this movie's eh. It didn't really do it for me. I'll give it a light maybe. Interesting. It's okay if you want to name something. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I just was like, I don't know. Okay. Okay. It wasn't like, oh my God, turn this crap off. It was just like, eh, tight. I don't know. I might read the book. See what was going on with some okay. of this. I mean, 
it, the book could be interesting. It could be. Sphere, right. sphere was pretty boring. <laughs> John. Yeah. What did you think? About what? This movie, The Congo. Oh, we need hats. <laughs> My favorite I have character. Lots of hats, so just at home. <laughs> Monroe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. With slightly edging out Amy. You liked Amy? The you girl liked one. Amy? Yeah. She certainly I, I had a lot of sass. <laughs> you chasing her? For a fictitious yeah. gorilla. Um, she was fun, Amy. Um, my least favorite character was Tim Curry. I never heard you talk about wow, Amy. Why didn't you ever bring her up before? Yeah. Shocking. Tim Curry. Yeah. I mean, wow. I, shocking I, turn of events here on the Underappreciated Movie Podcast. Just didn't dig him. <laughs> I liked him, though. I liked him as this crazy Romanian then. <laughs> yeah, great. Um... My favorite tertiary object is probably what yours was. So I will pivot what? and say no, no, pick what Bruce Campbell. No, pick your actual favorite tertiary I'm object. I'm going to say the general. No, that's not my favorite tertiary object. It's close, but it's not. So you can pick the cake? Delroy Lindo. No, I'm not telling you. It's the sesame cake. It is not the sesame <laughs> All right, cake. All right, so then I'm going to go with Delroy Lindo. Excellent. Always a good pick. Del Orlando is my favorite tertiary Lindo. object. My, that's what I said. Uh, my, I've been drinking, not you. Ditto. All right, um, my favorite scene is when they're getting they're skydiving and Tim Curry is like, I'm going to need you to kick me. Uh-huh. I'm going to need you to kick me harder. See, that's what I thought your favorite line was going to be. Push me, please. Push me harder, please. So I wrote that down because so I my, thought that was his favorite line. That was line. my favorite scene when they're all skydiving out of there because it's uh-huh. pretty cool. And since I don't have a favorite line anymore since so Tony stole it, I'll go with that line. Okay. And I will give this uh, a, a baby. Okay, I'll I take mean, that. If, That's surprising. If you have nothing to do, <laughs> and there's a, you want to see. And a, Tom Cruise's The Mummy isn't on. <laughs> yeah, and Tom Cruise's That's, Mummy isn't on. Sounds like a name, but I'll take it. He said maybe. <laughs> Obviously, the sunstroke got to him. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> it's Joe's fault. Carly. All right, my favorite character also Monroe. My least favorite character. Was um, the boss the one Travis. your favorite character? Uh, <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly, Travis. PB. My favorite <laughs> line is uh, when they're talking about the cover, and he's like, "Is this your cover?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "I'm nobody's cover. Cover for what?" <clears throat> and uh, he's like, "I don't know." And she won't tell you, but the kind of money her company's throwing around, they don't spend that on any gorilla. Relax, you're in better hands than you should be. Because he That's doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I do like that. He's only alive because he was her cover. Yeah. And he insisted on not being her cover. I yeah. didn't like him either. But I feel like at that airport, if they didn't have her, he would have been taken into custody. They would have sold Amy the gorilla, and they would have shipped him back to the United States. <laughs> Probably right on that one. And my favorite scene, I'm going to go with the airport stuff. Mm. Like, Joe yeah. Pants? Yeah. Both airports? Yeah. And the questioning and like that whole, like, can we get mm-hmm. there at all type stuff. Yeah. Um, and my favorite tertiary object was Bruce Campbell. Okay, cool. <laughs> I almost stole your favorite tertiary I know you did. <laughs> what are you giving this? I'm going to give it an A. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, is... I still wouldn't watch it if uh-huh. Tom Cruise's The Mummy wasn't on. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you would have picked Tom Cruise's The Mummy. No, either. I wouldn't. would have kept flipping. I really wouldn't. I, I can think but... of a million things I would watch before I watch this again. 
Okay. All right. I didn't like super hate it. I didn't turn it off in the middle. Right. <laughs> well, you couldn't. You had to watch That's it for the true. podcast. I almost watched it again with Tony, but he waited till like 10 o'clock at night last night, and I was like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> well, that sounds like a day. You couldn't be bothered to watch it the second time. <laughs> well, uh, my favorite character is Monroe. Ernie Hudson is a delight. My least favorite character is Travis. Joe Dunbaker is an excellent villain, but he's kind of a little bit too insane. I feel like this... The writing on this movie is not great. Let's just put it out there. It's just not great. It's not a great screenplay. I'm sorry. I would expect more from the gentleman who wrote uh, uh, the screenplay based on Alive We're Back at Dinosaur Story. Or Joe versus the Volcano, which has that excellent luggage. Um, if you've seen that movie, you know and what I'm talking about. that scene where they jump in the volcano and get shot out? Yeah, and then they end up in the water, and they're saved by the fucking luggage. And yeah. he's like, I don't know, but we're never going anywhere without this luggage. It's a great scene. Um, well, you know what it's else is a great scene? <laughs> my favorite scene in this movie is when they're at night and on the boats and the hippo attack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but there's something about the terrifyingness of these hippos that I think is so delightful. Um, my favorite line is when Peter is... Con- gets confronted by the silverback and then he turns around and Edmund Rowe pops out of the bushes and he goes, I ran away, sorry. It's just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite tertiary object is from the scene with Delroy Lindo, but when he takes the bribe, he puts it in a paper bag. And then he staples, staples it shut. <laughs> so, so nobody can see. <laughs> and then he gives it to somebody. Now I'm not giving my bribe to somebody else. No. But the fact that he stapled, but the stapled shut paper bag of bribe money is so wonderful. That is my favorite. Some fat object. stacks too, man. What? Do you, how much do you think that was? Because those Why? were those were hundreds, right? Okay, yeah. so much this money they spent 50, for her. She spent fifty thousand dollars on gas for the plane. Here's my real question: Plus all those supplies. Yes, but so it was going to be worth millions. She takes out what looks to be probably, I would say, each bundle of that is probably ten thousand dollars. Okay. okay. Well, so she takes out what, like two, like twenty thousand dollars. Two at first. Because she think. takes two, and she kind of like hits Monroe with it, and then he hands it over, and then he's like more, and so she takes more and she gives it to him, and then like, like two more, right? He does How two much more. more is in her bag? <laughs> Why did you take the bag? <laughs> this is the bag she carries around the whole movie, like. How much money is in there? And why? if I'm the general, I'm taking that whole bag. But it's delightful. Yeah. Um, this movie is not... I don't think anybody would say this is a good movie. <laughs> I find it enjoyable, and I have probably seen this movie at least 15 times. Wow. Which is a lot for a movie like this. But we've previously, previously established on this podcast that I like trash movies. <laughs> and I'm not going to apologize for how much I like this movie. I'm going to watch this to- again. I would want if this came on like three days from now. I just fucking sit there and watch it. We don't have cable, I'd go so, to another room. so we don't see mo- we don't see movies unless we seek it out. Um, John was super pissed. We had to pay money to rent this movie. Yeah, I was. You need a whole bag rent? of dicks. Oh, we have Paramount Plus. It was on there. We, you only get in with Paramount Plus if you've paid for the Showtime. And I did not. Oh, that's from when we were golfing in the yard. I'm covered in grass. Oh, yeah, we hit balls in the yard. But um, <laughs> I'm going to give it a yay. I think this movie is delightful. And uh, I'm going to keep watching it. So if you like also trash movies that involve sus- suspect science, then you should give this a try. 
because it's great. Or if you're a Crichton completist and you've seen Crichton. JP and Lost World and Sphere and... I don't know. Did he do the Sound it's, of Thunder? I maybe. Don't I don't know. It's been a really long time since I've seen Sphere, and I thought it was trash. It's just really So long. I guess maybe it could be good. Whew. All, All right. right. Well. Maybe not. Please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie Mama's podcast. No, it's California Dreaming. It's the, so- it's the song that they were singing. Famous. Yeah. The Mamas and the Papas. Yeah. I said this Mamas and the Papas, and she said No. California no, Dreaming. No. I thought you were going to do Yeah, the that's Mama Cass. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is I thought you were going to do If You Seek Amy. Why would I see? Because why? it's a fun song. That's yeah. what you would pick, but I'm going to pick this because that's what they were singing to Amy. This is also, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, they do this in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Or you can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com and talk Please to do. Elaine. She Please would love do. to hear from you. I check that email every day. No one ever emails right. us. It makes me sad. And frankly, she's tired of it. I would be delighted to find out more information about our listeners that are not better Audra. <laughs> like, it would really make <laughs> me happy to learn more about you. And I would talk about you on the podcast, and you could tell your friends that you were on this weird podcast that you listened right, to you for no like reason at all. You sound like you're begging. Stop. <laughs> all right. And tune in next week on the podcast. For John's pick. What are you picking, hon? I thought about it, and I'm like, I need to do something extra special for next week. Miss the week. Uh-huh. And or I'm you just su- checked your list. <laughs> she says, is that your thunder? Give me that. <laughs> well, you're wearing my hat. And so I decided we need a little bacon. Little bacon? Little bacon. Kevin Bacon? Little Kevin Bacon. Oh, snap. Did you pick Footloose? I picked Footloose. Oh. I was like, Hollow Man? Wow. <laughs> no, it's not Carl, Halloween. Seen it? yeah. I know, I know. That now, movie now, this, is so... This is the 1984 Footloose. This isn't that shit 2011 version. That actually, that? that actually wasn't bad, believe it or not. As remakes go, that was pretty good and I enjoyed it. But I'm never going to be like, I want to watch that one instead of the one with Kevin I've Bacon. I've never seen this all the, the way through. Because I never The remake it. is a great movie. But there it's was, good. <laughs> but they really actually remade it beat for beat, so there was it added nothing. Hmm. It's like the Psycho remake. It's a great movie, but so is the original, and the original What's is so great. Point? Like there's no reason to remake <laughs> yeah. this because you didn't add or take anything away. Oh shit! 